Hi, and welcome to Destructoids Podtoid, Episode 4. And um, actually, this week we have a very special guest with us. Besides the usual cast of Faith, Franz, and Nero, we have Mr. Tommy Tellerico. Woo! Say hi, Tommy. Yo, how you doing? Welcome uh, to your doom. We're very glad that he could join us, and we're pretty appreciative. because um, He's a pretty big voice in gaming, and we're glad to have him along. But before we get... Uh, right to Tommy and what's going on with him and other stuff. Actually, he's just going to be chilling with us the whole episode. Um, so he'll be uh, in and everything. But Nero had another big day with uh, Mr. Jack Thompson. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and let him get into it. And uh, what happened? I was late as hell. Uh, I dashed out at 3.45. Um, I have a hilarious video of me cutting people off in traffic and running. Like I. So you're recording while you're driving and like... Yeah. It's very safe. It's very Without safe. Without the helmet, luckily. Imagine, <laughs> like, old people of Florida. Like. <laughs> you know, I wish that I would be able to, you know, walk into that courtroom with the helmet, but I think I'd, I'd be <laughs> found in contempt on the spot. Yeah, I've, I've pissed off enough people by showing up at E3. Uh, moving on. Um, I walked in. The judge was going over the denial of the TRO, kind of explaining his decision, you know, kind of going over, you know, the previous thing that, that had happened uh, the last two times we were in there. He uh, began citing some things about what Thompson did, some of the letters that he wrote. He was quoting and reading, you know, just a stack of papers, a lot of the emails. Um, and we posted some of them in the past on the, on the blog. Then he began citing just the fact that he's running against um, Mr. Thompson for judge in, in 2000, uh, 2007 or 2008. That was weird. Um, but he was oh, just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if you guys, are you, were you guys aware of that? that no, I didn't know that he was running for no a judge. Yeah, that would had, be freaking scary. Yeah, really scary. <laughs> when does that campaign start? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be better than Judge Judy, actually. I'd like to see that televised. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> I'd watch that, I think. Yeah. Guy would have the giant slingshot, you know, on the desk beside him. Let's make that happen. <laughs> it could be video game court or something. Yeah, that'd be sweet. And, you know, Wait, so the really judge that he was going up against today is the judge he wants to take? To oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he knew that? The judge knew that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and he addressed it. And he said that even though that, that that was going on, that was not – he could not recuse himself because of that. But what he did say was that he filed a complaint to the Florida Bar Association um, against Mr. Thompson. Um, and for that reason, he would recuse himself and some other judge would have to deal with it. And that pretty much wrapped up the day. <laughs> oh, so he still could go to jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, he he's he's off the hook for today. You know, a lot of us thought that, you know, today was going to be the day that he was going to be, you know, put in jail and. I actually spoke to him about it a little bit afterwards. I said, you know, did you, know, did you expect that that would happen, and did you make any preparations? And he's like, well, I made a few preparations. I have a defense lawyer. He's very good. His name is such and such. But, um, um, I mean, he had he handed a, a bail order to um, the, the judge in the middle of the thing, and the judge said, well, wait a minute. You know, you haven't even uh, heard what I'm going to say. Like, he, I th he seriously thought he was going to go to jail. Um <laughs> What, what was strange, and you'll see it in the video that we're going to post tomorrow, um, after the judge said that he could recluse, or, you know, finish him. recluse himself or whatever, Mr. Thompson stood up. He held up the big sign. He was carrying a big <laughs> sign um, with this um, writ about um, disqualification of a judge. And uh, prior, you know, there was a heated moment um, when he had tried to hold it up, like for the second time or something, and the judge said, um, plaintiff, if, you know, or um, bailiffs, if, 
he touches that sign again, I'm going to find you in, in contempt and arrest him. So we were like, holy shit. Like, you could just hear everybody, like, breathing at that moment. Excellent. <laughs> were there other cameras around? What was the point of having this? Yeah, what's he thinking? If he wants to be elected for judge, doing all this stuff. Well, um, and I've seen some of the emails going back and forth. There's a lot of people that are really strongly behind him. Um, the There's a school board. I think it was the Palm Beach um, School Board District that issued a warning against bully. Um um, I know that certain... For gay kissing? For no, gay? <laughs> Did you read that on uh, Kotaku? Florian yeah. can buy it because of gay kissing. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, there's also a, a, a religious group that's that's backing this. Um, and, I, and I can't recall the name, but Shocker. I have the emails. No. So, yeah, there's there's definitely an audience um, that's that's strongly behind this. Oh, what a surprise. Soccer moms and religious people backing Jack Thompson. Well, see, that's a, that's a great thing. See, people think that Jack Thompson's bad for the video game industry. I personally love the guy because, not not him, his brother, I love the fact that he is such a fucking whack job that people are, are never going to take any of this stuff seriously again because of him. Like, he... he He's actually doing the video game industry good because, I mean, literally, no one's listening to people like him anymore. You know, it, it's so he's well, so. Pro- over don't you think the problem is, Tommy? Though that that the people that will listen to him are the mommies and daddies that don't know any better. No, I, so it's it's obvious. Like I said, because he's such an over-the-top whack job, that that I, I, you know, I don't think anyone at this point. I mean, he's become the joke. That's the funny thing is that even among – I mean, how many people have now backed away and stepped away? How many groups have now stepped away from him and said, whoa, hold on a second, you're, you're not talking for me? So, yeah, there's still a couple left in here and there, but those are the people who've obviously never even played Bully. I, I'm about 50% through the game. It's yeah. a great freaking game. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm still waiting to see what, what the offensive thing is in all this. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not – if anything, you're trying to get away from the bull. I mean, come on. I mean, this is this is so funny. So, so you know, to to say you know, I think Jack Thompson is good for the video game industry in that he's making all those type of people look like asses. Plus, this is only like online news. I don't think I've heard about this at all on like so, the TV news. Nero, so I don't think it would affect moms at all. Nero, yeah. have you watched the local TV coverage about this? Like in Miami, are they even covering it? And if so, what are they saying? They had a, a brief interview with him during the first trial, and I don't think they posted anything um, that was in, in on, t- on television for the second one. Okay. This one I don't think is going to be aired, and I, and I spoke with um, the, the lady at the Herald, and she said that more than likely it was not going to be put on TV because he wasn't arrested or whatever. You know, it wasn't sensational f- enough for the... You know, for well, I, was, I was just wondering what, like, the general news, like, their impressions of... Of him, what were? Um, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I did see something in the Herald about it, but it was just like a quote, um, you know, very, very neutral stuff. Um, and, and I did see something, and I think it was the San Francisco Gate posted a glowing review of Bully today. And yeah, no, it's a great game. I mean, yeah. it is a great game. Stellar yeah. reviews. I've had 
lot of fun with it. I haven't had the gay kissing scene yet, unfortunately. No, no, I don't know where that's I keep at. trying to, like, kiss girls and stuff. That's about it. Oh, you're yeah. playing the game wrong, then. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but again, you know, I, I, I hope they do arrest him, and I and I hope it gets, uh, I hope it does get on CNN to say, you know, look yeah. at this, this this guy is such a whack job, he's such, he's such a, a, a disservice to, to the community and the government that he even got arrested over this stupid shit, you know? And so I, I say, let him go. Jack Thompson, good for the video game industry. <laughs> <laughs> I can back that logic. So there's two things that may happen. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be the, the new hearing with the new judge. Um, but because Judge Friedman has filed a complaint to the bar, um, there is obviously the possibility that Jack might be um, disbarred in Florida, you know, if, if it gets to that point. And there's also an email that I, that I received from Jack Thompson. He CC'd me on a complaint to the Judge Commission Board um, uh, citing some misconduct from the judge. So he's still really just going ho after this guy. So they're both kind of at each other's throat. It's kind of interesting. So it's, it'll be interesting to see so how it goes. So when's the next hearing? I don't think it's been announced, but I'll keep an eye out for it. And if I can attend again, I, I certainly will. You know, it's sure. funny. Do you, guys, do you guys follow? Well, there's a great website out there uh, called theesa.com, uh, Entertainment Software Association, and uh, that's that's the organization that that's run by a very good friend of mine. Uh, uh, Is that the official one, Tommy? The one that. The people that just bought GamePod. Yeah, the one that just yeah. Wait, no, the the, the, no, no, the, the, the ESA is right? that, that's Doug Lowenstein. Yeah, yeah. Doug's a yeah. Uh, I've known Doug for a very very long time, and he's the guy who really you know fights against all this stuff. And go if you go on that website, you you do the real research and the real facts and stuff. You'll see that and, and the IGDA is another great organization. Yeah. Jason Delarocas president of that and these are the guys who are fighting for us for our rights and you know they they take down this kind of stuff all the time like there's been a bunch of states that have tried to do this and they've all failed time and time and time again and so this is all again it's all good in the end for us because you know these 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 people you know i mean it's just like rock and roll in the 50s i mean it was you know these people are ridiculous and and they keep losing time and time again. So you know this kind of stuff. It it, it is eventually going to go away. Uh, the Entertainment Consumers Association, I think, is the one that you guys were. Th- this is one that's uh, the that ECA. Yeah. yeah, the ECA is is a, a community to fight for the rights of gamers against this kind of stuff. So you should go check that one out as well. But um, the ECA and the ESA.com. Great places to get, you know, to get the facts, because it is crap. And you, you know the funniest thing about the whole video game and violence thing? And this is the thing that, that I would love to debate Jack Thompson and all these other whack jobs about. This is the reality, and this is, this is freaking facts, okay? So they can, they can send in all their hypotheses they want, but here are the facts. The facts are this, is that video gaming over the last 15 years has gone through the ceiling amongst teenagers, pe- you know, people from the ages of 12 to 25. Video game, you look at the chart. and the it was average like 85%, person, wasn't it? It is absolutely yeah. crazy the way the it's chart than is, the movie market is going too. up, right? Now, now look at the teen violence over the last 15 years. The same exact chart except with violence, and it's going down. So explain to me then 
if video games are the cause of violence, how come there's more players, like you said, 80% more players now, but the violence is going down overall. You know, it, playing video games. Yeah, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's the truth, right? Maybe they're getting their aggressions out on Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. Or Tekken 4, you know? Like, so it, it really, uh, I mean, there's facts to this stuff. And, you know, I mean, it, it, I, what I always like to say is, okay, you know, violence is part of human nature, right? We all know this. Last time I checked, Hitler was not a Crash Bandicoot player, and fucking <laughs> Kane did not bludgeon Abel with a Game Boy Advance, and and Genghis Khan wasn't in Spyro the Dragon. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, Tommy, I always I always look at it as like an easy way for politicians to get elected or to get yep. their names out there. Like every time elections come around, it's Hillary Clinton or Lieberman. Or someone speaking off about video games and violence just because they want to cater their family. Right values. now, and, and and the problem is one of the, one of the problems is is that there are some good messages coming from politicians, but they're getting lost amongst all these whack jobs. Like for example, hey, look, I'm all about uh, enforcing the rules set forth by the ESRB. You know, yeah. if the ESRB says this is a mature rated game for 17 and over. I have no problem with the with with somebody coming in and saying and and telling the stores, look, you can't sell it just like you can't sell porn, and like you can't sell cigarettes, and like you can't sell alcohol for under 21 years old. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the same thing. So I yeah, have no. That's, that's not good. Really the issue. I mean, because these people going after the game companies, it's not really the game company's fault that. That's right. The stores it's, are selling not, this. Exactly. It's not the – and again, it's like, okay, maybe there needs to be more education to the retailers. Maybe there needs to be more education to the store people. Those are the people that, you know, need to be focused on and where to start, not the game companies for making content that they are free to make. And the other thing, too, is what about educating the parents more as well to let them know that, hey, you know what? Parents know the difference between an X-rated movie and a PG movie, right? But maybe they don't know the difference between an M and an E on a video game. So how can we help? To, to educate parents. And maybe there needs to be a public service announcement. Microsoft like is trying Derek, to do that now. Yeah, well, Derek Jeter did a great uh, ESRB. I'm a big Yankees fan, so I'm going to talk about Derek. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Derek Jeter did do an ESRB, and the ESRB is working to do that. They're getting, they're getting pamphlets into people's hands. We, with Video Games Live, the concerts I do, we have a thing in the back of our every program that we have that explains the ESRB, what it is, so parents know, you know, so I think it is important and it is education, but you know, going about it the way attacking the game companies—I mean, that's just asinine. Yeah, really I, mean, that was, I, I spoke about this in our in our last podcast about when um, Nero went into the whole case to begin with. I'm like, wait, what is the case? He's going after Take Two. What? <laughs> A week before. Yeah. The game I'm like, out. why isn't he going out? Why isn't he going out to the stores for selling it? Like, this doesn't really have anything to do with Take Two. Wait, wait, it's no, he did, he, he, did have, he did include Walmart in the suit, um, and he, was, yeah. he criticized um, how, you know, what their policy Walmart does or, far worse things than sell bully. <laughs> 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 yeah, they do. But interestingly enough, the issue soon turned to whether or not the ESRB's, you know, rating system was, um, you know, w whether if it was comprehensive, you know, w 
could certain things slip through the cracks, such as games with a lot of gore? Gay kisses. Um, yeah, would be rated M, but games with um, a lot of mature, um, you know, content, such as, I don't know, like, like topical stuff, but not necessarily gore, um, would get a teen rating. So there was a lot of that, and that's why the judge um, decided to review the game by himself. All right. And not take the the ESRB rating. So I think it's 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 not a perfect system, but it's pretty good. Yeah, um, and it is self-regulating, like like the film industry, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, uh, again, I I'm all for examining the system and and maybe seeing, you know, are there ways we can improve it? Are there, you know, there's talk about maybe adding a couple of more ratings in there somewhere, to, you know, or or some other, you know, strong wording or, or whatever and you know I have no problem in everyone sitting down and discussing that and talking about that you know but again going after it the way they're doing it it, it just it makes them look bad which is again in the end kind of funny and ironic <laughs> well I mean Rockstar I mean they sold GTAs based on that controversy I mean damn well you know the, and that's I'll tell you another thing though that I think is a shame is that when you know when people outside of gaming or non-gamers hear about Grand Theft Auto, it's always talked about in a negative way, and people assume that oh, the only reason Grand Theft Auto is popular is because it's violent. You can beat up hookers with baseball yeah. bats and this and that, which is fun, by the way. But yeah. but <laughs> but what but what everyone is that when Grand Theft Auto, when that one came out, the the, the third game in the series. It the, it was really like the first sandbox thing. I mean, if you were to it set take a precedent, the, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was it, a groundbreaking game. And that is the thing that gets lost. That everyone said, "Oh, Grand Theft Auto, it's so popular because of the violence." No, it's so popular because it was a groundbreaking freaking game. Like the like story. The, I mean, ah, the voice acting. It's. I mean, and the fact, hey, you you could have got into a a, a fire engine and, and put out fires. You could have got into a taxi cab or a police car and and go help some people out. If you wanted to beat up a hooker, that's the person playing the game, not the game. You know, it it let you play it the way you want to play it, and that's what made it great. So it's just it, it's depressing sometimes to to hear people talk so negatively about Grand Theft Auto. Oh, it got popular because of this and because of that. No, it got pressed because of that. But it, remember, at the core of it, it was an awesome, groundbreaking game to begin with, and we can never lose. You know, that should never be forgotten. You know, and it's it's great to see Bully get some of the kind of good press now that people aren't harping on. This other yep. stuff, and they're saying, "Hey, it's actually a really good game." And, it is. It's a solid and uh, game. I, I remember I met with Rockstar when they showed me Bully, and they were. I was like, "Well, what do you think of South the Cuff? What do you think about Jack Thompson?" And like they were like, "Well, we love him." <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he's great advertisement for our products. Oh, yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Um, in uh, in this was in the like the, the late eighties. That arcade um, game. Tip, no, 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 no. He, With the it, was CDs. it was it was uh, it was the permanent vacation album, and uh-huh. Tipper Gore was oh, going yeah, yeah. was going after Aerosmith because the lyrics were su- you know suggesting sex and <gasps> blah 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 and this and that, and uh, and so when Steven Tyler went up to grab his Grammy award for winning the album, his words into the microphone were, "I just want to thank Tipper Gore because of all her controversy. She sold about a million more records for us. So here's to you, Tip." <laughs> these people ne- and these people never learn, like the two life crew thing. And right. GTA now, it's just like these people do not learn. Like you're just promoting it. the best way to make it 
Not right. And, and, that, and, and that's why, kind of coming back to the, the whole full circle here, that's why it kind of sucks that guys like us right now are giving so much attention to Jack Thompson, you know, because he because he doesn't deserve it, but it, he's he's so laughable that that it that it makes our conversations. But the reality is, the piece of shit should never even be spoken about because he's such a joke, you know. No, I, I would prefer a media wide ban on the guy, but it's yeah, almost yeah. impossible to get. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if even if somebody else will pay attention. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, it, it's, and it almost scares me. Like, if we don't say anything, then the mainstream press is going to pick up on it and and not really understand what's going on. That's right. Uh, yeah. From doing the research, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. There, you damn if you do, damn if you don't, kind of thing. Yeah, and the worst part about it is, is that even when even when he lost the case of Ains Bully, and he said that, okay, whatever happens here, I'll let yeah. it go. He didn't let it go. Yeah. <laughs> He'll never let it go. He's going to fight this till the day he dies. He was quoted uh, saying that he wants to see the company like, you know, like just you know go out of business or something. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, he's he's got a he's got a mission on his hands. That's 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 very Christian of him. <laughs> he needs his own video game. Put uh, somebody out of business. What does he think he is, Sony? Oh hey hey. No. hey. Well, that's actually now. a that's actually a good segue, Faith, into Sony. Um, Tommy was at the uh, the Gamers Day event in San Francisco. And uh, I've gotten some hands-on time with the PlayStation 3. Tommy, what did you think of it? I'm sure you got your hands on it before this, but what did you think of the event? And yeah, you know, and, I, I've, and been, I've been I've been I've been playing a, uh, a lot of the games for for about a year now, and they've all really started to to come around. The last, yeah. I'd say, the uh, after E3, they really started to to pick up some steam. Um, my, my impressions of the of the PS3 are this: is that I mean, from a hardware standpoint, and and this isn't just my own opinion, but you know, in in speaking with, I mean, I've this is my own opinion, but I've 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 spoken to a lot of people, a lot of publishers, a lot of developers, a lot of programmers, a lot of people. So I've gotten a lot of different input from a lot of different people working on the system. So um, just kind of keeping that in mind, but. You know, I mean, it is the most powerful system of of all of them. Um, yeah, it's like to, obvious now, and it's only the first generation of games. Well, I mean, you you take a game like F1, for example, and people said we were 20 years away from photorealism. I, I got to tell you, we are one very small step away from photorealism. When you take a look at F1 and what's going on with, with you know, like the rain and the mist effects off the tires and the, you know, the the just everything, the physics on the tires during crashes. I mean, just watching it, it just amazes you, you know. And and it, it just it takes that sterile. You know, a lot of driving games like that are just totally sterile, but this feels alive, you know. Now that being said, I thought that a lot of the uh, a lot of the first generation sports games that I saw for the PlayStation 3 looked pretty much identical to what we're seeing on the 360 already. Now there was Which more sports play- games. Are you talking about? Matt. Every everyone Madden. Okay. I mean, there were there were more blades of grass on the field. I'll give yeah. them that. But the reality is this: see, is that you're only going to be able to pick up those subtleties with a high definition TV. Yeah. 
And the reality is, if you were to if you were to take a PlayStation 3 and hook it up to a regular TV, and then you take a 360 and hook it up to a regular TV, you're not going to be able to tell. Well, that's not what it was built for, you know. That's right. That's right. So that's going to be a challenge for Sony is to is to show people, and the way they need to market it is to say, look, you know. This is all about high def. It's all about you know Blu-ray and storage and and all the and the hard drive and what it's capable of doing online and this and that. They're really going to have to sell that hard because for somebody who doesn't know any better, they're going to look at you know NHL uh, on the 360 and they're going to look at it on the PlayStation 3 and go, well, why would I want to play pay twice as much for the for the PlayStation 3? Now that being said, the sports games looked pretty similar to me, but the you know the some of the unique stuff like lair was unfreaking believable i mean it reminded me of shadow of the colossus you know the whole kind of beauty and vibe and art direction um genji actually looked great cuz i thought it looked stupid at e3 but but, <laughs> damage. but but they uh but they actually took that one uh, untold legends looks pretty fun i mean is there a killer app where you really have to say oh my god i got to get it well when you guys play Devil May Cry 4 and Metal Gear Solid 4, you're going to say, like, holy shit, i got to go get this machine just for that. Lair's another great one. Um, what did so, you think of Resistance? Did you, get, did you get to play that? Yeah, I sure did. Ted Price, a good friend of mine. I mean, it, it, look, Insomniac always does amazing, solid, fun software. He, wh- whether you like Ratchet & Clank or not or think it's just an okay platform game, it's a solid game. Resistance, you know, is... You know, I mean, yes, it's another first-person shooter. And again, if you talk about the, you know, any mainstream person out there on the street, and you put Resistance up against Gears of War and t- say which one looks better on a normal TV, I don't think you'd be able to tell. You know, but but again, that's okay. Gears of War is going to be a great game for the 360, and and you know, really, you know, bridge a gap between now and Halo 3. Resistance is going to be the first-person shooter for the PlayStation 3, you know. So I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a solid title. They they never let us down at, at Insomniac. They're not going to start now. Um, and and then the other stuff too, um, you know, when you look at a Gran Turismo, um, you just you just you're, you're jaw kind of drops. Now, Gran Turismo, I, I, I personally don't like that style of driving game. You know, yeah, I, I'm I perform, not a fan. I perform on, yeah, I perform more like Burnout. Burnout yeah. to me is fun. I oh, want, Burnout's beautiful. I want unrealistic controls. I want completely, <laughs> I want crashes. You know, or Full Gran, Auto 2 actually looks a, little, a lot better than Full Auto, in my opinion. I can't yeah, believe they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it handles a lot better, actually. I can't believe they omitted um, crashing from, uh, you know, uh, Gran Turismo 4. I think it's so know. crazy. It's it so can, crazy. So it kills the realism. The I mean, cars don't let them know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's and, and I think that's a lot to do more about you know Licensing, running yeah. running well that and running in 1080 with 60 frames a second. I mean you know you you, you know and it's so it, to me it kind of does look a little sterile in the sense of. Like you say, there's no crashes. You can't just run off a cliff. You can, you know, that to me is fun, right? But, um, but it does look stunning, and I and I think it's kind of making a statement. And there is a lot of people out there who love that, you know, realism driving thing, and they do do that very well for that crowd. So yeah. Um, but uh, the but the PlayStation Three, what I thought was really neat 
was was the controller because um, it really is the best of both worlds where the Wii controller that's what you're stuck with pretty much with all the games you know it's like a, a, a mouse pointer more than, than than anything else and then with the 360 controller you know that that's a great control and I love that the PlayStation 3 what it does is it's it's really adapted the best of both where you have your buttons and your dual analog sticks which is great but in certain instances, like when you're when you're playing hockey and you want to check a guy, you actually if you if you yeah. you know you, you, you hit the you hit the control. So you're normally playing hockey just like you normally would any video game, and then you actually shove the controller and it checks the guy into the boards. It's like that's pretty damn cool. Same thing with Lair. You're kind of flying along and you're using the uh, you're, you know you're you're dipping and going up and down with the controller to kind of fly him around. And then, and then when you get up next to a dragon, you shove it in in the, in the shove the controller in the dragon's direction, and he smashes into him. It's like Wow, that's really cool. And Tony Hawk is another great one where you go into slow mo mode, and the and the and the joy of the controller actually acts like the board in slow mo. So it, you kind of take control of the physics of the board by the way you move it. But they don't use it all the time, just in certain instances. And I, I thought that was. Pretty I cool. hear what you're saying, and like I am been one of those people that likes the new controller as well. But don't you think that they could have come up with a different design than, than we've had since basically PlayStation? I mean, it's basically See, the I, PlayStation I Crow with two analogs, new triggers, and now it can motion sense. I mean, I, I have small hands, so I've always loved the PlayStation 2 controller the best out of uh, all of them. Um, so, I mean, for me, I, didn't, I wouldn't want them to change it, but well, I, I can see where a lot of people don't, you know... Uh, the 360 controller, I thought. So I weird. love the 360 controller. I'm with did you. Try to change yeah, it though. Look one. what happened. The battering. <laughs> well, yeah. You guys remember the f- remember the very first Xbox controller? Oh, oh the Duke. First I, I, I have one. Oh it's like my! Eighty pounds. Photoshop. Yeah. Was that like the worst <laughs> thing ever in the history? <laughs> I, I still give. Seamus Blackley is a good friend of mine, and I've known him many, many years. And I, I still give him shit for that. I, dude, what the hell were you thinking? Kudos on the Xbox, but what the hell were you thinking with the controller? But, uh, no, I, I really like the design of the 360. But, I mean, what's Sony going to do? They, are they going to change it to be just look just like the 360? I mean, just think yeah. of the people freak out when that, oh, my God, they're ripping they're off the, you know. But yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's. Do you think bad. the loss of Rumble is a big deal or no? You know, I really don't. I I got to be honest with you. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just uh, too used to it now. But like, even it's it's very rare that I'm playing a game with the rumble on, and I even kind of notice it. It's almost like I've gotten used to it so much that it. I, you really... know, I only I only notice it when it's every once in a while. Like it's not. That's all the, the time. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like I remember playing uh, Metal Gear Solid for the first time, right? On on the play, and the freaking thing started to rumble at certain yeah. times. And it's like, yeah. well, I'm taking over your controller, and it's like, holy shit! Like, yeah, I think in scary type games, you know, your, yeah. your Silent Hills and your, you know, things like that, it could work really well. But I'm not gonna miss it, to be honest with you. I, I don't realize that it's even there now. It's cool sometimes with driving games. You go off the road and it starts to shake a little bit, but. You know, whatever. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at a loss with it. I'm just glad that the companies have finally decided to go wireless. I mean, oh, what, True. what freedom? I mean, I, I was, I finally got an Xbox 360. <laughs> yeah, I'm Yay! Yay. Next gen, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not what Sony says. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, 
But, but you know, the, the interesting thing, though, it, it's funny, and I was just reading about this online, was um, the, the, the one thing is that if you compare the 360 to the PlayStation 3, and if you wanted to upgrade your 360 to be what the PlayStation 3 is out of the box, you'd actually be spending, a, and that, that includes online with Xbox Live that you have to pay for, you know, everything included, the wireless controller, the upgrade to the hard disk, the upgrade to if, if you want to get an HD. Are you HD talking about that Sony chart or like a real chart? Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's, no, no, there's like a real chart. It's, it's okay. about, and again, I'm not trying to hate on the Xbox, or I'm just, I'm just kind of yeah. throwing it out there saying it is interesting because, you know, I agree that the PlayStation 3 is way too expensive. I'm personally boycotting it myself and telling all my friends don't buy it, you know. But that being said, for what you're actually getting for 500 bucks is actually a really good deal, and that's the shame of it all, <laughs> is that that's completely getting lost because people are like, it's a video game system, screw that, I'm not paying 500 bucks, 600 bucks for it. Well, the thing is that, you know, I, I think I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day, it's like, Video game systems are kind of turning this thing that I would like them to turn into, that they are turning into this complete entertainment center. Right. Which is cool because I already have enough electronic devices, like, around my TV. Like, I have the DVR, I have the cable box, you know. Now I have a 360, and I don't need a, I don't need a DVD player. You know, there's going to be that one day where I don't need a DVR, I don't need a cable box. Everything is going to be on my PS4. Like, I kind of actually like that direction they're going because that means I'll have less crap in my living room and less wires going everywhere. So I'm, I'm not one of those people that, like, needs the video game console to just be a video game console. Like, yeah. I actually enjoy the fact that it can do many, many things. No, I, I, think, it, I think it is definitely cool. I mean, I, I, I thought it was cool that people could play DVDs on the PlayStation 2 when it first came mm -hmm. out, you know? That was my I, only DVD player for a long time. There you go. I, I, I just think that Sony got caught one year off the... You know, like, like for example, if all the next-gen stuff was coming out Christmas of 2007, so a year from now, then Blu-ray would have been at the right time and the right price, and everyone would have jumped into it and this and that. But the fact that they're kind of a year early for even people wanting or knowing about Blu-ray, I think it's going to hurt them initially. But, you know, they, they'll have a lot of catching up to do. Do you think uh, it's really going to hurt them, though? Because they're going to sell out. Between now and Christmas, like well, no, I can't it, imagine that there's gonna be a PS3 on the shelf. No, when when it's gonna when it's gonna hurt them is next spring. Is spring of 2007? They need to come up with a plan to to figure this out, or else they're screwed. Well, how do you think it's I gonna think hurt them? Christmas do you on it? Do you do you think? Yeah, I mean, Christmas seems like the more target. There's gonna be I mean, a do you think there's like actually the gonna be PlayStation 3s sitting on the shelf in spring? Like people aren't gonna gobble that up? Absolutely. 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 I, 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 yeah, around the world. I mean, my friends in Japan are telling me, because I, I, you know, I, I talk a lot, speak a lot of people uh, in the game industry in Japan. I ask them, I said, let me ask you a question. Over here, people are freaking out about the price. What about in Japan? Because that's Sony's big, big market in Japan as well. And they're like, oh, this is, this is insane. Like, no one. No, no average person is going to go out and pay six, five, six, seven hundred bucks. Well, see, the thing is, the thing is, though, in America, it's all about the college 
like I guess I could just stereotype it as the college guy who likes Madden and who likes NBA Live or whatever, or who likes Halo Two. Like to them, the PlayStation Three is the console to have. Like, yeah, but it, the it 360, but it's out of price range though. Three sixty stopped range. selling out January first. Like that's how I got mine so easily. So I mean, by spring, I think PS Threes will stop selling out too, for sure. That, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking by by spring or summer, they need to come up with some kind of rebate and some kind of thing. And and I don't know if they're going to do it because. I mean, you look at what's happening with the PSP. You know, the PSP is a decent system. It really is. And it has a whole shitload of games. And people who say, oh, the PSP has a bunch of shitty games, that's bullshit. They haven't played them all because there's a lot of great games and they're not just ports and shit like that. There's a lot of great games for the PSP. But the reality is at 200 bucks. No one is, you know, y- your money is more well spent on the DS with all the, you know, the, the good software that they have for that. So Sony has still not lowered the price. This Christmas, I'm like, oh, they're going to catch up finally. Let l- lower it to 129, and they'll sell they crazy. They can't afford to do they're that. They're not doing it. They're, they're not real. doing what it. What they need to do is redesign the control scheme, put a hard drive in it, lose the UMD, and the- and keep it at 199. I think it would sell. More than the DS. Well, supposedly they're planning on making and a they open up version the, of they, it. And if they open up the audio so it's not just AAC files or whatever, um, unless you need some hacking program to change it. I mean, if they, they open it up and, and make it more accessible, I could see it selling. I, I really think it's a price thing, in, in all honesty, because, again, if the, place to, if the PSP was at 129 right now, People would be buying it, you know, but people are not. I ask a lot of people, why don't you have a PSP? Oh, it's it's 250 bucks. The DS was 99, you know, I went 129. I went with yeah. that, you know. It's and and so that's what's scary, you know. That's what's kind of scary is, you know, are are they going to see the same thing? The PSP is dying right now. It really is. I mean, it's it's headed for disaster if they don't. It's weird because that's all I see on the New York City subways are PSPs. Like, I love it. My, it's I'll, my, I'll be I'll be in a subway car at like 11 at night, and there'll be three guys with PSPs in my car alone. Yeah. Like, no, it's I, insane. I think New York City is like the only place where actually PSPs thrive, but right, I, right. I hardly ever see anybody playing a DS. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, the PSP is really, I think, for an older audience as well, too. Yeah. Who, you yep. know, anyone who's driving a streetcar at 3 in the morning or uh, riding the subway at <laughs> 2 in the morning is probably not uh, running to play Animal Crossing, or they're getting their asses kicked if they are. But, uh, no, you know, so to, to the same respect, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is Sony going to stay tough and say, nope, we're selling these for 600 bucks. Because if that happens by, like I said, spring or summertime, and those you know early adapters are all dried up from Christmas, it's like, okay, what are you going to do now? You know, it's going to be really slow going for them. Uh, and then the, the I, I'll tell you what, already in the development community, there's a lot of people after E3. Everybody was like pro PS3 going into E3. Coming out of E3, even the developers are going, wow, okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to look at 360 now, you know, mm-hmm. like seriously, because they feel that, you know, it, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to sell software, and the, the way to sell more software is whatever platform has the more units. Now, here's my prediction. Here's my, here's my bold prediction for the, for the video game next-gen uh, consoles over the next three or four years. My That's prediction a- is... My prediction is this. I honestly think that this is the greatest thing that could have happened to the video game industry and gamers, and I'll tell you why. 
I think there is going to be a three-way tie for the first time <laughs> no ever way. in the history of video games. There's going to be worldwide, I think there's going to be about a three-way tie, roughly. And what that's going to make the manufacturers do and the publishers is to make more incentives, is now they've got to compete like never before. Everybody's going to be trying new stuff, wacky stuff, off-the-wall stuff. You know, you take a game like Loco Roco for the PSP, for example, where nobody would have ever published, thought to publish that game, right? But it's like everyone was complaining about how the PSP didn't have anything weird, wacky like the DS does, you know? I think what's going to happen is everybody is going to be fighting Nintendo is going to try to come up with so many new and innovative stuff to get people to lean to their side. Sony's going to do all this cool, innovative, new, cutting-edge stuff for their side. Microsoft's going to offer incentives galore and this game and that game and make it exclusive for this machine. So I think it's all going to be a neck-and-neck race. I don't know. I wouldn't predict any winner, but I think it's going to be really close. Do you honestly think that the Wii can hold its own over three or four years? It will Not in Japan. Time. In Japan. Again, I, I, I'm speaking on a worldwide level here. Okay, so Japan will kind of level, level it out for them. Yes, I believe yeah. so. But I, I, don't, I, I don't believe that, uh, you know, that, they will, that they'll be ahead in North America or Europe. No, I don't think so either. No. I, I think I, it's, it's, a, it's a huge misconception, I think, about the Wii out there. Well, and, you know, uh, I think a lot of American gamers are a different audience than Japanese, and they're going to see the Wii when they when they see the Wii actually in person and what it does. I don't think they're going to be as in love with it as they thought they would be. You know, I I I agree with you a lot about that comment, and and one of the things too is that the, the and why people I think are a lot you know psyched up and excited about the Nintendo Wii is because of the fanboy media. And journalists that that infest our industry, you know. I mean, you you know, there's so many kind of biased fanboys out there, and not true journalists. That it's it's really tough. And I don't consider myself a journalist. Let's let's put that <laughs> by now. I, I'm not saying that I'm a video game journalist. I'm not saying I'm a video game reviewer. I go on TV and I tell people my opinions. Hey, I'm a video game composer. That's my job, you know. And and if somebody wants to 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 put me on TV and and pay me to to argue with Vic or tell him what I personally think of a game and, and make be funny, then I'm going to do that, you know. And that's that's basically what blogs are as well. They're just columns, basically. True. Nothing but columns and personal opinion. And, and right. Tommy and I were talking about this earlier. It's absolutely right. A lot of the, the general media is scared to speak up about Nintendo because of the the wrath they will incur. They don't want to see a drop in <laughs> in uh, page views and, and unique visits from Nintendo fanboys because they've forever banned them in their brain for being biased against Nintendo. It's, well, you know, it's and, absolutely and, insane. And I think that different markets appreciate different things. You know, Japan is going to love the Nintendo Wii. I, I guarantee why? you. Why? It's, why do it's you gonna, think that? Because they, they're into the really kind of cutesy, yeah. cuddly, different, you know, I mean, you know, the games like the Animal Crossings and the Katamari Damacy's and the, and the you know. Ten dogs. They, yeah, they don't, they don't necessarily... In Japan, the, they're not as big a graphic whores are we, as we are over here. And I, I'll be the first to admit, and I'm proud of it, I'm a fucking graphic whore. 
I'm a I graphic whore. I'm a sound whore. <laughs> sound whore? AI and whore. I, I'm everything. And that's, that's kind sad. of the disappointing thing to me is that when, <laughs> when Reggie at Nintendo comes in and, and he makes a statement at E3 and says something like, you know what? It's all about the gameplay, and here at Nintendo, we prove that once again. It's all about the games, and they're fun. And I don't disagree with that. But why not have great graphics, and why not have great sound? Exactly. Why wouldn't not have you, wouldn't, three? Wouldn't you happily pay $100 more for the Wii if it had maybe close to 360 graphics? And, and well, how, about, how about 5.1 sound? I mean, yeah. here we are in 2006, right about to cross over in 2007. The PlayStation 2 had 5.1 surround five, six years ago, and now the Nintendo GameCube is still, uh, sorry, the Nintendo Wii is still in stereo with RCA hookups? And, and this is the digital age? I mean, this is the age when over 50% of the people who have video game systems right now, next-gen, or PS2s or Xboxes, 50% of gamers have them hooked up 5.1 in their home surround theater systems. I, I bought a surround sound system just for Gears of War. Like there I you go. A few weeks ago, just for Gears of War. There you go. And and you know what you want to do? You want to go in and play Halo 2 in 5.1, and you'll re-experience. Oh the yeah, game I'm playing like everything like all over again. Absolutely. I mean, you immerse. It's about immersing ourselves into this stuff. But that's so the, the thing that the, the, the Nintendo fans don't get. They're like, oh, it's immersive because of the controller. Well, you know what? Well, it's not just the controller. It's the graphics. It's the AI. It's the advanced AI that you can plug in because of the capabilities. It's the sound. It's it's the whole True. experience. It's but I think it's funny that for the first time Madden's actually looking the best on the Wii. That we're seeing some of those top-notch graphic games actually being a, a lot more fun and worthwhile on the Wii instead. Well, if EA designed the game properly, it probably could be fun on the other well, ones. But but, well, but he, well, here's the thing though: is that you know, I I played a lot of the a lot of the Nintendo games at E3 this year, and I, I, I'm sorry, I mean I'm, I'm not afraid to come out and say it, and, I'll, and I I I mentioned this to my friends at Nintendo as well. I said, you know what? I think it's hard to control Zelda with the with the Wii controller. I'm going to play the GameCube version. I don't think it's so innovative that if I want to get Mario to spin, now I got to find him on the screen with the mouse pointer, click the button, and then shake the thing to get him to spin around. It's basically I, a party game system. I, I'd rather that's what I, it is to me. Well, it's it's it to me. It's again, it's kind of like, and and I'm going to reserve judgment till I actually see all the games that come out. So this is all pre-launch and pre. You know, I haven't played the final Zelda yet. I haven't played the final Mario yet. I haven't played some of the other stuff. But what I what I'm perceiving it to be is kind of like the eye toy, where it was really really fun for the first day, and then I never wanted to play it again. You know, and. I'm I'm a f I, I don't want that to happen. Look, I want Nintendo to succeed. I want I want all three companies to, to succeed because it's great for my businesses. You know, like I don't want to see any of them fail. I hope Nintendo does good. But one of the things that scares me is that when I was playing it, and I considered myself a seasoned gamer, I was frustrated with the way it controlled. And if they're putting this thing on the market and saying, "Hey, look, because of this control," Grandmothers are going to want to play it, and girlfriends are going to want to play it, and people, non-gamers out there are going to want to play this thing who no, don't normally play games. And hey, they've done that successfully with Nintendogs and Brain Age. So again, hats off to, to Nintendo for bringing in us a whole new audience. I love that. But 
I need to see more games that's going to get Grandma to play this thing because the way you control Zelda, Grandma's not going to play Zelda. I'm telling you right now. I'm finding it hard, and, and I love Zelda. Yeah, it's, so, it's not as intuitive as Nintendo would like you to feel. That's why I'm saying it's more of a party game system because those are the kind of games that, like, I played a, a few of the games. I went to the, the Nintendo event in New York City. Oh, you and, did? Okay. Yeah, those are the, the, the party games are the ones that work the best, like things like You're WarioWare right. and oh, like I the Wii Sports I and all that stuff. That's I mean, that, that, that was what worked, but the games such as Zelda and even Metroid Prime to a degree and um, Red Steel was just completely useless. I, I, I agree, you know, and because, and, and I don't know if you got a chance to play the new Tony Hawk on the Wii. Oh, yeah, no, that was awful. It's, I couldn't it's do it unbearal- at all. It's <laughs> unplayable. I mean, basically, for, for, for people out there who haven't played it, you, you have your controller, you turn it on the side, and it acts, you tilt it left and right, and that's how you control left and right the skateboarding. Now, think about video game. Can we think about video gaming for a second here? Okay? Video games are all any racing game, sports game, fighting game. It is all about pixel perfect accuracy to the freaking hundredth of a milli inch on that joystick and your reaction time, right? Do you honestly think that by tilting something back and forth and by throwing something in the direction for a Madden football or, or hitting a tennis racket in, in a direction, do you think you're going to get that exact yeah. Pixel perfect accuracy. You're that's insane. exactly the problem. That's exactly the problem with the I Wii think they right will, now. That's though. what people don't really. <laughs> they have that new technology where it actually like records. But it's not. Per- it's not. It's like Tommy's saying. It's not pixel perfect. Like it's when you when you are playing when you play tennis. It's like you swing and your guy is not really swinging when you swing and you're like, uh, what? Well, I actually did play the tennis game at E3, and I found the controls to be really forgiving. Like, if I kind of screwed up a little, it kind of compensated for me. But, like, I want real, like I want it to be like I'm playing tennis, like they tell me it is. Do you, yeah. you guys remember Virtua Tennis on the Saturn? Oh, loved it. I mean, it, it was uh, not the the, dr- sorry, not the Saturn, the Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have that Un- game still. Right? <laughs> Unbelievable game, and it, and it was basically Pong for, for the 1990s, but or the, or the, the 21st century. I mean, it's going back and forth. But that game was all about when I spun it and I put the exact spin on it and I had to get the I had to put the right amount of pressure on the on the on the D-pad hitting down when I served and getting the spin in on that and the analog buttons and everything. It was all about that, right? And you got good at it. The Nintendo tennis game to me, I'm, I'm, I don't feel connected to the game. Yeah. It's cool that I'm swinging my arm and it's doing something, but to me, I didn't feel that like, I didn't feel jacked into the matrix. You know, I just well, kind of felt like I was going through the, the motions problem is to try to get it to that, The problem is Nintendo is sort of marketing to be like that. Like, they're not really being honest with their fans and with the people and it kind of sucks because what they're saying is not really going to happen when you pick up your Wii and you're going to be kind of disappointed well I could see myself getting tired of like swinging it around three years from now and not wanting to play the Wii anymore but I'm definitely not tired of hitting A and B over and over again on any other console so uh, and we and we haven't been for, and we it, we haven't been for 30 years I mean I, I yeah. still I, I have a main cabinet downstairs and 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 give me one joystick and one button and I'm happy as pie, you know. I'm like, <laughs> you know. So I, I'm 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 curious to to see. I I think where Nintendo can really make up some ground is by coming out with some totally completely new and unique game experiences. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it's going to be 
you know, where it's really going to shine, what they have there with, with that control in the system. They have to, basically, people are going to have to rethink and relearn. It's going to be like the DS. It's going to have to be like they, they program for the DS is what's going to have to happen. Yeah, even more so. But yeah. my, my concern is this, though, is that, but wait a second. What about all the other games? What about all the driving games? What about all the, uh, you know, all the first-person shooting and, and platform and all this stuff that people have grown up their whole life with? What about those? And you say, well, there's going to be another controller coming. Up. Like, I wish they would have packed in with the Wii, just packed in a normal controller as well, and all the True. problems would oh, be yeah. gone. Yeah. All the yeah. problems would have been gone. You know? Well, the problem also is that it's not you point at the screen and shoot. You point at the sensor bar and shoot. That's right. So, I that's mean, that's right. another problem. Like, I don't know if FPS is ever going to work on the system. I, I found it very hard to play Red Steel. I, I honestly. I, yeah, Red Steel's a sloppy mess. I, I, you, so you played it as well. I mean, trying to Yeah, play, and I played the more recent game. build, and it's... it's just yeah, really I mean, I don't, I don't know. All right, so um, now let's get into what's going on with microtransactions and, uh, and Xbox Live. And, and it's actually a really cool idea like i actually love the idea and and i like the idea of it but it seems like we're all kind of beta testing it at the moment like we're all a bunch of guinea pigs as i think um i think uh, kevin Pereira said tonight uh when he was talking about with um with major nelson um and i guess the problems that have sort of popped up are the the horse armor stuff and now ea charging with the godfather like you actually have to pay money to get money and paying for cheats that are actually part of the game, and you actually have to pay for them. So lame. Um, so yeah, what, what, lame. what do you guys think of microtransactions as a whole, and do you think Microsoft should be regulating it a bit better than they are instead of having this wild, wild west environment, um, as uh, Luke Smith has said, uh, of the whole the whole idea? Well, yeah, I, I think that's it, though. Just what you said, you know, like you know, you feel like the guinea pigs, and it, and it's up to us, it's up to the gamers and the people out there, to to decide what is popular and what isn't at this point. Because if a million people get on and pay for a cheating Godfather, guess what? Every single freaking uh, you know game out there is going to start doing it. But if you but if you boycott it. And and you say you know what I'm not going to do it and I'm going to tell all my friends that I'm not that's not going to happen then then they won't won't do that I love microtransactions when you're talking about hey let's get let's let's get another song for SingStar or another ten songs for Guitar Hero or this and that like I and if they want to do that every three or four months charge me ten 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 bucks for ten new songs in Guitar Hero. I do that every three months. Yeah, I, I guess the problem yep. with that is that I think people are worried about it, and, and this is what I'm worried about too: is that publishers will see that and they'll take advantage, where they'll skim on the retail versions. Still, that's charge the you problem. Pro price, that, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Which is kind of what like, you're. Go ahead. It's going to be like Grand, uh, the new uh, Gran Turismo that's coming out for the PS3, where you're going to suddenly have to buy a whole bunch of cars, and you're going to only start off with two. And you're gonna have to buy a whole bunch of tracks. I mean, that kills me. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's. I'm uncool. sorry, but 
if I'm going to pay, what, what were we figuring? Like, thir- okay, on a general assumption, you pay anywhere from about fifty to seventy dollars for a new game. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to pay that much for a game that doesn't have a full amount of content. I mean, yeah. I will, I will pay for an Xbox Live uh, arcade game because you're getting these developers to create these mini games. I'll pay for it, you know, because it's a, it's a game. But in my opinion, if I buy Morrowind, it better have everything that's supposed to be in it in it. And if you're going to add downloads, I don't want to pay for it. That's right. And, and, if, and if I'm buying a racing game and it advertises Ferrari, then I want to get that Ferrari F50 or the 550 when I earn it. Absolutely. I shouldn't have to pay for that up front. And I'm, all, I'm exactly online with you. I think, I think they did the right thing when Halo 2 came out and then they did the map packs how they made you pay if you wanted to, if you wanted to have it kind of early. Yep. Like, and then six months down the line or however long, three months, then it was free. Like, I think that is yeah, the sort of thing right I'd like to see personally. I mean, I think that's the sort of stuff, like, if you want this map pack in Call of Duty, you can pay now, but, you know, three or four months from now, it's going to be free to you. I mean, if they, did, if they did it that sort of way, I'd respect them so much more. I guess the big thing with me is I just don't like this approach that Microsoft is taking where, as to where, oh, we're just going to leave it up to the publishers to do what they want to do. I think that it's their service, and they should maybe take a little bit more control over that kind of thing. Yeah, they should regulate. Yeah, yeah well, in, in the end, it's going to it's gonna affect them and their yeah, console I mean, and their numbers. People are going to get upset, upset at Microsoft. They're not – I mean, some yeah. people are going to get upset at EA, but, I mean, eventually it's going to be, well, it just keeps happening on Microsoft and their microtransactions and all these publishers taking advantage of it, so – yeah, Agreed. I mean, uh, and the, and the thing is, is that you know, opening it up to the to the fans. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. The Sims, Will Wright. I, I've heard the guy speak a, a lot for hours and hours and hours, both in personal conversations and and in speeches he's given. And what is amazing about Will Wright is that he he really gets it and he understands. He says, you know what, you know, when he created The Sims, he wants the the fans the audience he wants them to create new stuff and put it out there that's why you know he wants new skins and new items and new and so he's going to open up that architecture and he's not going to shut down websites that 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 you know encourage this stuff and this and that he he wants to do that and f- to spread and i think that's a really my you know, Will Wright is who he is and, and why his games are, are so amazing. So then when you get to a point where it's like, like let's say, for example, in a Sims game, when you say, oh, if you want this, you have to pay this, and you want this, and you have to pay that, then it, as a gamer, you start to feel like you're being taken advantage of a little that's bit. What, that's you know? what was kind of silly about Oblivion. Like, granted, it's a, it's a great game as far as they've given us a lot of content on the 360, but it's kind of silly to charge us for horse armor when, if I had the PC version, I could get that mod and more for free from the users. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. I mean, that was like, I, I hated, I personally hated Oblivion on 360, and I went into a whole rant on that before, but... It's fun. No, hey, you know what? It's, it's <laughs> funny. Very that's, that's, an, that's another one where, you know, people, you're going against the grain of popular media if you... If you Smash on Oblivion, but I, dude, I am right there with you. I, I didn't think it was like the end all, be all. Oh my God, so amazing game. I, I didn't think the graphics 
were as good as people made them out to be. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Yeah, I mean, they were okay. I I just didn't. I didn't think the player models were that great. The jump exactly. Horrible. Did, yeah. The, the, the animations were, I thought, were, were bad. And you never felt like the player was really in the world. You know what I mean? Like, like you play Shadow of the Colossus or Eco, and that you feel that, like you're part of this living, breathing environment. And Bully. Even Bully. And Bully's another great example. Oblivion, I just felt like I was pasted on. Now, again, that's not to say that, that people don't love the game and can find a massive amounts of enjoyment. I'm not saying that those people are wrong and this and that, so let's make that clear, you know, because that's the one funny thing about gamers is that if you, if you, if you talk and you know, give your opinion about it, if it isn't exactly like their own, Oh my God! You're the enemy, and they oh, hate you. I know. I'm full aware of that. Trust me. But the thing is that people got to remember is, look, we're not saying that you're wrong because you love Oblivion. You may think, you know, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that these are my personal thoughts, and 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 if you have fun playing Oblivion or Knights of the Old Republic or whatever it is. That's great. I'm happy for you, you know. So I think that's that's the funny thing is when people listen to stuff like this or they, you know, they go on websites and things like that, they forget that, you know, hey, you know, it's okay to have a different opinion and not, you know, we're not saying you're wrong just because we're telling you how we feel. And just know? because we say it doesn't mean it's gonna Everything is going to crash. Welcome to your doom. That's right. System. That's right. Oh, it's like, like the it's same still thing. It's going to be there. Trust me. You're yeah. not a gamer if you don't play online, or you're not a gamer if you don't like uh, um, first-person shooters. Or I mean, like I, I admit it, I hate Halo. I yeah. have never. I've I played the game. I think I laugh at the enemies. Finisher. Run around going, oh no, uh, you know, like I hate the game. I couldn't play that thing. You know, uh, my ex-boyfriend had it, and he. You're not a gamer, all. Faith. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're definitely not a gamer. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I, I love I love Rainbow Six. To me, on the Xbox, Rainbow Six 3 was like the ultimate online experience because it was realistic. Again, for my personal taste, when I started playing Halo 2, everybody's fucking jumping over the, all over the place. Halo 2 online has become nothing more than who can glitch the system quicker. You know, it's going to be the it, cheater. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it seems like it's not even about strategy anymore, but more about, you know, who's... who's well, Halo, Halo 2, for me, online, I think I spent more time playing, like, the custom modded sort of games, like Zombie, and, like, right. we used to play this thing called Rhino, and, and things like that. Like, I played more of that than actual, like, the team battles and stuff, because, like you, I can't stand, like, bunny hopping and, and all that stuff, and, ugh, it just irks me, and then people started cheating but when you start doing the fun stuff where it's sort of like the pc games where people are just sort of modding their own games like warcraft 3 for example yeah i never actually played the warcraft 3 game online i always played dota or i always played towers like i i actually play other games than than some of the other ones but yeah yeah kind of off the beat well you know with me getting the uh with me getting the Xbox 360, this is probably the first time I'm going to be doing any real online gaming because pretty much before this point, it was either our little arcade games or doing network games where, like, a bunch of my friends and I hooked up our computers. And honestly, as you know, and I'm, I know I'm going to get beat on for this comment, as a girl, I know I am looking forward to a hell of a time because one of my friends already told me tonight that oh, I'm going to get, get bagged on so badly if I'm it. not good. 
They're going to think you're a, a little kid also. Yeah. No one's going to believe yeah. you're, you're actually a girl. Well, again, you know, and, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't believe all the hype when, when people come out and say, you know, oh, it's, you know, online gaming is the future and it's all going to be about online gaming. Look, I, I, again, my own opinion, I personally, I'd rather play a single player game, period. Yeah. I, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, uh, God of War, uh, Indigo Prophecy, Eco. These were all amazing. Beyond Good and Evil. These are all amazing games. I Some of my favorite game. games over the last couple of years. And there was no need for multiplayer. So you know, everyone. I I think multiplayer is growing. I think online is growing. Uh, you know, it's going to be cool to play Guitar Hero against other people online. I think that's that's cool. But I, I think it's not as big as everyone's making it out to seem like it's going to take over the game industry. It's not. It's going to be another cool addition to the game industry and a sector of the game industry. But, you know, give me a give me a God of War and a, and a Beyond Good and Evil and a Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm and I'm I'd rather play that. I personally I rather I like playing Madden in season mode. By my I fuck- never would play that game online. But by never. myself, you know, <laughs> it's like uh, I, I don't know. But baseball, I like playing career mode. I like just doing it on my own, and I'll get on and play some people once in a while. But I prefer my own uh, my own shit. Leave me alone, you know. Pretty Speaking much. Speaking of Madden, Tellerico, what would you rather play if you could only get? Uh, we have a game to be uh, debate every week, and this okay. week it's Madden versus Tony Hawk. If you could only get. One of the two games every year, which would you prefer, like for here and forever? I well, I I worked on the original Tony Hawk game, the very first one that that ever came out. So we were we were part of that that whole massive experience, and I can tell you that none of us knew what we were working on. <laughs> we were just yeah. like, yeah, it's another skateboarding Completely game, whatever. Charlie, you know, played that game. <laughs> no idea. Uh, but that being said, I gotta say. It is fucking so wore off me. Like I don't care what new mode they put into Tony Hawk. I am just done. Have you, have you tried the Have you tried the demo or played Project Eight yet? Uh, yeah, I, I played it. I, I played it on the PS3. Yeah. Uh, and it and again with the way the board controls, it's definitely cool. It looks great and this and that. But to answer your question, which one? I would I would pick Madden in a second. As much as I hate seeing Madden regurgitated every freaking year, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of the lesser of the evils for me. I think the game mechanics of Tony Hawk just kind of passed by me in some way. Like it's kind of hard to explain. After the the PS2 like original big PS2 one hit, it's kind of after that it kind of went really downhill fast for me. And I, well, the, I the problem is playing. the problem is is these goddamn publishers come out with with you know hey guys take a year off. Right? I mean, I mean, this is the problem is that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm getting tired and inundated. Like, there should be, like, there was no need for another Tony Hawk and another Madden last year. Why didn't they wait a year for the new systems? I can see where yeah, the, the wastelands seem like no point almost. And, but well, the, the 360 pro- one was horrid. Like, well, Microsoft you know shouldn't have allowed that. Well, you know what it is, though? Funny, the interesting thing is, is that Wasteland on its own, by itself, for like the PlayStation 2, was actually a really decent game. But you know, if you if there was no other Tony Hawk games, right. you know, right. or 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 it was the first one in like three years, you know. So you know, and hey, they're they're putting them out every year because people are obviously buying them every year. So 
you know, I mean, you, can you really blame the publisher? You got to blame the the consumers too to say, you know, look, stop buying the shit. Well, it's like EA. I mean, people keep buying EA games. So we, I posted that thing. Um, I think it was today about the Tiger Woods uh, thing. They can only. Have you heard about this, Tommy? What's that? Uh, the new Tiger Woods for the 360. Apparently, online, their lobby system can only handle 50 people total, ever. Oh, I know. I never heard <laughs> that. So like. Yeah. After 50 people are in the lobby, no one else in the world can play online. What? And, like, what? there's this guy that has a Tiger Woods group of, like, 100 guys, and they can't <laughs> they can't get on at the same time because it's only a 50-player limit. Are you wow. serious? The whole world? There can only be the whole world, that's it. Online. Yeah. That's wow. and, and so what's happening, I was, I was checking out the forums, so what's happening is people will leave on the game all day oh, to, like, wait in line. And so they'll take up a spot or just stay there just so they, they have a spot when they get home. It's, no fuck, it's fucking golf. Who wants to fucking wait in line for golf, for fuck's sake? It's boring the enough. Wait for the and, then, and then people are saying, oh, well, now EA is going to charge microtransactions for tea times. Oh, like that'd that. be funny. <laughs> they probably would, right? Why but, not? Um, no, I mean, and that's where, you know, I mean, online, I mean, you take World of Warcraft. Now, that is an online experience. You know, that redefines what online is all about. Oh, I'm and playing Burning Crusade right now, Tommy. It's, it's unbelievable, so, oh, right? It's so beautiful. I'm the Blood Elves. And 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 to to give kudos where kudos are due, EverQuest before it too. You know, I mean, EverQuest really started that that whole thing going on. But what I find in the video game industry, to get back to the whole Madden and, and Tony Hawk thing, is that they keep regurgitating the same shit over and over again. Like like it. if I see. If I see another real-time strategy World War II game on the goddamn PC, I'm going to shoot somebody. You didn't like Company of Heroes? It was a great game, but the fucking 12th one that came out this year, you know? I mean, Monk. Company of Heroes was an unbelievable game. But what game. if alien technology invaded the Earth? And it was and it's World War II versus Hitler an versus an alien covenant. Oh, but... I mean, it's true. Do you guys remember? No, but, dude, that's Battlefield 2142. You just fucking described it. <laughs> that is it. It's the same game, except like, they put some freaking spaceships and laser beams in there, you know? Oh, I know. Gonna... RTSs are either set in medieval times, World War II, uh, both involves somehow, or it's the future. Like, well, you gotta I mean, there's only so much you can some... do. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Uh, if Will Wright can come up with neat but games, but StarCraft like, is horror, basically the best game ever. So. StarCraft was a great game. I mean, and 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 the original. But what's good is that, but Tommy, what's good though is that Blizzard has taken their time with it. Like they didn't, they could have so easily pumped out yeah. StarCraft twenty by Speaking now. Speaking about yeah. Blizzard right. and taking their time, what do you guys think about Diablo three? You think it's really in production right now? They said oh, of course. Three they, they're, games they're, yeah, StarCraft two and and and. Um, Diablo three are both in production. Of course, How about StarCraft. Just, well, they haven't. They just take their time. Yeah, but they haven't announced it yet. It's not out. <laughs> well, I mean, they they had job postings about that stuff months ago about how they had these RTSs in development, and of course, it would make sense to continue the series. But the good thing about Blizzard is that they take their time and they like, yeah. actually care about their customers. Well, and they want to deliver. And I'll, and I'll tell you a great story. Is is that uh, I, you know I worked with with Miyamoto on on Metroid Prime series, and I asked him. I said, I said, let me ask you a question. How many, what, how long does it take for you to finish a game? Why 
when your games come out, it always seems like they're the most polished and the most, you know, the, the most well done. And he and he told me something really, really important that that stuck with me, and and really gives you a sense of why Will Wright is who he is and why Miyamoto is who he is and and Blizzard and Bungie and the Half Life guys up there. The the thing is, is what he said is he says, look, what I do is I reschedule out a game, and then when the game is finished, when we all say, okay, the game is finished, I add six months onto that schedule to tweak the game, and all I do for a half a year is make the game fun and playable. And wouldn't it be great if all developers exactly. and publishers... I would be so much happier with less games... And better quality. Absolutely. To actually spend time with the game. I was just thinking the same thing today. My my guy and I are having a discussion about this. Um, I found this thing today. It's for the Miss Video Game 2007, and uh, (laughs) I I I entered it because they wanted you know they wanted gamer chicks, right? I've seen the. I seen the uh, competition and it wasn't that great. <laughs> oh, Tommy, just to let you know, uh, Becky entered it too. Oh, all right. One of the questions that they wanted was, uh, they wanted to know was, what would you like to change the most about the video game industry? And my thing was quality because, you know, they have game testers. They have guys that sit there and play these games. They're gamers just like anybody else. And if we can sit and play a game like Dead Rising on a normal computer or normal TV screen, sorry, and see that, okay, I can't read the text, you know, with, with, <laughs> I, know. I, I can't read the text. I mean, I have it, you know, five feet in front of me, and I can't read the text. Isn't that how funny? The, how the hell do they let these things get passed? Well, the problem is, is that they're all watching them on HDTVs, and they look crystal clear. It's like dummies. And most yeah. of my 360 yep. games, I can't, I can't read the menus. Uh, yep. What the hell does that say? I, know. I can and read them crystal I mean, clear on my 37-inch uh, HD LCD. Right. <laughs> and if uh, EA is testing their their online play, how are they not realizing that only 50 people can fit in the the, the, the lounge? The, you know, and that's the... that's the problem is that the video game industry is is starting to become all about bottom line, the budget, you know, the schedule, the this and that. And when that shit starts to creep into it. The creativity is the first thing that yep. starts to slip. No, we were we were talking earlier about the game I worked on uh, for a couple years, Advent Rising, that came out last year. That there's a perfect example of a game that it was a, it was an above average game. I don't think it deserved all the horrible scores that it that it got from people. But if that game would have had six more months from the time they finished it to go back and make everything unbelievable and amazing. Wow. I mean, I've been involved in 250 games I've worked on in my 16-year career, and i got to tell you, I see it happen every single time for the most part is by the end of the at the end of the schedule, the last couple weeks is when everybody's trying to put everything in, and oh right. my God, we got to go gold in two minutes, and things fall through the cracks, and oh, we wanted to put this really killer thing in, but we can't because we don't have time. Let's cut that. Let's do this. Let's do that, and shit starts to fall apart. And again, if you had that, le- and every game is like that most well, of the time, you know. Tommy, but it- let, me, let me ask you though, where does the pressure usually fall? Like, yeah. whose fault it's not is the that? Game usually? Company. Is that the, is that the that actual developers, or are the publishers coming to them and saying, hey, uh, yeah. 
clock is ticking. We need this right now. They give you their money unless you I'll give them you, a game in, in a year and a half. It's like almost I'll, always a year and a half. Yeah, well, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Is that What happens at the beginning of the project, it, it's, it's both their faults, really. It's the publisher and the developer. I'll, I'll explain why. I mean, every project before it gets greenlit, you know, what, what E3 was really about was not about the media and the hype, and that's why they've done what they've, they've done and scaled it back, because people lost sight. E3 was really about this. Why it was started was because the vice president of sales for all of the publishers could sit down and preview their games six months ahead of time to all of the stores and the retailers. So Toys R Us would meet with EA, and the sales guy at EA would show them Madden football and say, look at the new features we got in. How many got, how many uh, units do you want to order for this fall? And they would go back and they would collect all their orders. That's why E3 was created. It turned into this big, huge thing, and that's why the industry said, wait a second, hold on. We're not even be we're not even allowed we're not even getting business done because it's so goddamn loud I can't even talk <laughs> to my sales guy you know let's go go back to what it used to be and if people want to do a, a consumer version of e3 so be it I think everyone's like oh my god e3 is over I think it's the best thing that happened oh, because, I was happy I was so you know, happy about it seriously so but getting back to it is that you take that mentality now every game that's done they call up salespeople will call up and say hey how many uh how many games do you think uh how many games would you buy for me if we did a game like this if we did a game like that they oh, then God. collect they then collect that data and say okay we know that we can sell probably 150,000 units of this game based on that our break even point i am now going to create the budget and adjust the budget which is going to be 2 million dollars okay now we need to go out and get a developer who can develop this game on this schedule for $2 million. The problem is, is that when, they, when these companies sit down and the developers are negotiating with the publishers, there is a set amount of time and money. And that's the problem is that no one ever, it's so annoying, but no one ever factors in the problems. You know, like like if you sat down and said, how long do you think this game's going to take? Uh, I think it's going to take two years. Okay, let's budget for three years. Seriously, you know, like that's what I don't think they do. get the money though. Like, and that's sucks, the problem. Is so that, what, what percentage? What percentage of games do you think out there? Go through that kind of process. Is it about 98 percent? 90, 90, 90%, 95%. Yeah. Seriously, the only games, and that's why, again, I'm going to tip my hat to Nintendo. Nintendo, definitely. I'm going to tip my hat to, to Will Wright. I'm going to tip my hat to Bungie. People were so pissed off at Bungie when Halo 2 was late, right? No. And then when the game came out, shut everybody's mouth. <laughs> no, the real gamers understand, and they appreciate when it's late, when the, which, when the publishers which, say, you know what, we need to take our time with this. Absolutely. And Ubisoft yeah. is sort of doing it now, too. Yeah, Ubisoft's say, so. a great company. I gotta yeah. tell you, you know, I've, I've worked with, with all of them. Ubisoft is, is really kicking ass. They have the last couple of years. They have the, they're, they're, the last they're couple years. They're going to be kicking years. EA's ass in about three hundred thirty million the first half of this year. It's crazy. I mean, it's in the Splinter Cell Double Agent. I've been playing on the three sixty. Unfucking believable. Dude, you know I'm up till four in the morning every night playing that game online. It's incredible. Every it's, it's, night. It's a great game, and and that's the thing. It's like, you know, 
if Zelda came out a year and a half ago and it was supposed to, and it was lackluster, people would have been up at arms, you know. So I'm I'm saying, you know what, Nintendo, take your time, take your time. I when Zelda comes out, I want it to be great. I don't care if you're a year late. I'm not going to get pissed. Just take your time. And, and I that's wish why people love people Blizzard. And, that's, and that's Blizzard's exactly the same why way. People love Blizzard. Blizzard's the same way. The you know Half again Half Life Two, Half, Half Life 2 uh, with those guys, um, you know same same thing. Valve gets it. They understand. They're like, I'm not putting out a game that's 90 percent. It's going to be 100 percent to our ability, and they're going to spend the money making it. And you know what? In the end, it pays off. It pays off that they spend another million dollars developing the game because because of that, it's a triple A game now, and it and it made a hundred million more dollars. Is it that? Is it that ridiculous that these publishers don't understand that? Some of them get it, but most of them don't. If you're going to invest in a property in an original IP, then fucking invest in it. You know, don't go halfway and don't cheap out at the last minute because the developer is late. You have to budget in a contingency of 50%. <laughs> Seriously, 25 to 50% of all video games should have a budget contingency of like 25 to 50%. And the publishers, they don't even have to tell the developers, but they should just have that knowing, going into a project, knowing that that might be the case. It's really a shame that that can't, yeah. that can't happen. I wish it was talked about more. It's yeah. something that's so easy. It's so easy to rectify. Like I said, and when Miyamoto said that to me, it really fucking it, it hit home. It went right through me. It said, you know what? Son of a bitch. Isn't he the smartest guy in the world? Because he's not going to, you know, he's going to say at the end, he budgets six more months after they're done. Six months. Are you kidding me? Man. Any of these games, you play any game you've, you've, you've ever played the last couple weeks, and if you told the developer you have six more months from this point to make it even better, wow, imagine what those games would be like, you know? You know, the worst part about it, too, is that not only do the gamers suffer, you get this, but the guys that actually make these games are, you know, have no lives. I mean, one of my buddies, um, we did an interview with him, Derek Daniels, who's working on God of War 2 right now. Every time I talk to him, he tells me about how he's been working all this overtime and that he never gets to see his girlfriend and that he's getting so sick of the industry because at his age, you know, he's going into his 30s, he just can't keep up with it anymore. And and though the money's great, I mean, the hours are just killer. I mean, he works like, you know, I'd say probably like 50 to sometimes 70 hours a week. It's ridiculous how much time they make these people work. Yeah. And how is that fair? You're not going to get for the money too. Oh, I well, the know. thing is this. I mean, I you know I work 20 hours a day, and I and I have been for 16 years, and I love it. I'm I'm passionate about this industry, and and you really need to do that. You know, if you're thinking about entering into the video game industry, I'm being totally serious. Whether you're an artist or a programmer, or producer, or whatever, you have to be really, really passionate. Because, like you said, Faith you are going to be working 80, 90 hours a week sometimes. Now, I think what's what you're going to see happen, you have to remember the video game industry for the most part 
we're kind of like the film industry was like in the 1940s. You know, we're still a relatively new industry that's still growing and still, it, we haven't even hit our peak yet. I mean, we still got a long way to go. We're, we've virtually only been around about really 20 to 30 years, really, you know? And like, like the film industry was, like I say, in the 40s or 50s. That's when they were about 20, 30 years old. Look at how far the film industry has come in terms of unions, in terms of work conditions, in terms of the marketing and the PR and the journalism and all that stuff. Look how far it took them. It, they've been around 70 years to get to where they are today. And as much as the game industry loves to brag about how we're bigger than film, we're bigger than this, look, I'll tell you something. The movie industry kicks our fucking ass when it comes to storyline, acting, dialogue, uh, but mostly marketing and PR. You know, I mean, movies yep. are marketed unbelievable. Yeah, games suck ass. The marketing in the games industry is sad. The PR in the games industry is the most pathetic thing. I gotta buy fucking games to review them on my TV show sometimes. I mean, that's really? how pathetic some of these companies are. You know, and 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 the the thing is, is that you know. We still have a way to go. So maybe 10 years from now, the, the industry will unionize when people have had enough is enough. See, right now, there's so many people who are interested in getting into the games industry because people love games and there is a lot of money to be made. But what happens when all of those people, like your friend on God of War 2, what happens when it's it gets completely you know, sucked up, and those people are sick of it. And now the most talented people are starting to leave. That's when there's going to have to be some changes. But right now, there's so many people willing to put in those 100-hour work weeks that we haven't yet turned the corner down to, you know, what's fair in the workplace and what's not. And you're starting to hear stuff, though. You know, that whole EA yeah. wife wife thing that went down last year? Yeah. People's eyebrows are starting to raise. It, it is? is starting to change a little bit. You're going to see that. But you got to remember, we're still such a young industry, you know? That's the other problem, though, Faith. Like EA and a lot of companies, they're paying you to work by the hour, but they're giving you sports gyms, they're giving you billiard ball rooms, and they're giving you all this stuff. And like they're literally paying them not to program or work on the game at all. And then it's like a lose-lose situation because they're not working on the game and they're suing on top well, of that. The it companies depends. themselves need to fix their uh, their plans a lot. Yeah, I think it depends on the developer, though. I mean, his big thing is that, you know, he's got a, a fiancé who he wants to marry and have kids with one day. But how can you have a family when you're working, you know, as Tommy said, 20-hour days? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't have a fiancé. I've never been engaged. I mean, I, I am married to my career. You know, even uh, even journalists to a point. I mean, honestly, I, I work really really long hours for Destructoid and and for Metro, and and I'm playing games till like three in the morning. You know, half because I have to, and half because I love them. But still, it's like, you know, I'm working these really long hours every single day. Even on weekends, I I'll spend maybe four or five hours at working on my days off. And, yeah, I mean, I could tell you, you know. <laughs> I'm sure, and Nero, is, I don't think the guy <laughs> sleeps, honestly. Like, I don't think Nero sleeps at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally go to bed at 4 o'clock, like yeah. three days a week, um, just because I want the site to grow, and there's so many little things that go on in the background that, you know, a lot, you know, the readers don't see, obviously. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the one thing readers don't understand, the kind of 
time that a lot of us put in into the site, especially Nero. Yeah. Um, like he really deserves a lot of credit for for what he's done, and I know Tommy does a ton of work within the industry um, too. And like that's just a thing that a lot of a lot of people don't understand. Like what is actually going into doing a lot of this stuff that w- that we that we love, and, and uh, we're not complaining or anything. Like we actually love it, and we oh, wouldn't yeah. be doing it if we didn't love it. Absolutely. But yeah. uh, if you, you need to understand like the kind of things that we're doing to try and try and deliver what you guys might be interested in. Welcome to your doom. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too, and that's that's why I get disappointed a lot in the video game journalists and the video game PR, uh, you know, like you, you take a site like Kotaku, I mean, it's it's so easy to tear people down and find the negative things and, and stuff, and, you know, what I'd like to see more in the industry is support, you know, is support for... You know, I'll give you an example of video games live, right? I mean, we, you know, here we are putting on shows all around the world, uh, these very technical shows. I mean, it has been an uphill battle from the beginning to get this thing off the ground and this and that. And then you go on Kotaku and, 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 uh, what's her name there? Uh, you know, what's her name? Eliza. Okay, whoever dun, dun, dun. Um, is, uh, you know, and, 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 in, and, and instead of saying, wow, this was an amazing event, there was 11,000 people at the Hollywood Bowl celebrating video games, what an incredible thing, the biggest video game concert in the world, biggest celebration, but instead it was like, ah, Tommy Tellerico, he wears red shoes, I, I hate him, he sucked, you know, and it's like... And then, you know that it's like you know whatever that's cool. It's like you know people are negative and and people read that stuff because they like to read it as a controversial. But I think point. much of that goes on in the industry. And if you and I'm not just saying this because I, I don't want to sound like bitter. Oh, stop making fun of me. This and that. Hey, I poke fun at others just and I I can take it just as well as I give it back. But what I'm saying is there's so many websites out there. I see it on OneUp.com a lot too, where it's so easy to like just tear people down in the industry you know let's make fun of cliffy b let's make fun of phil harrison let's make fun of kudaragi and let's make fun of this guy and that guy and everybody sucks and the industry's so it's like how about you know there needs to be some level of support out there as well and that's the problem where you get some of these young biased fanboy journalists covering the industry they're not real journalists they're just fans of this stuff who are like you know can just it's very easy to hate on shit all day up and down i mean you know if that was your profession and that's all you had to do you'd have an easy job you know but but to to for all the people in the industry who are working under these awful conditions working these uphill battles to get some of this stuff you know going and this and that it is a hard challenge and, uh, you know, and I would just like to see, and, and even games, like, you know, I see a game come out from a company and, you know, maybe it's not the greatest game in the world and they get totally blasted and, and the company sucks. And again, it's not about the company or the developers sometimes. It's about the budget and the time they were given, you know. So instead of, you know, instead of like, you know, totally like just hating on everything. Um, and, and you know, and, and in my reviews, when I when I give my opinions on this show, I mean, we poke fun at stuff all the time, and we bust on each other's balls, and it's for entertainment purposes and this and that. But we're never disrespectful to the publishers, and disrespectful to the actual, uh, you know, developers. You know what I well, mean? Well, you like, know, as long as it's, it's just like a, any journalist, 
uh, journalists, journalists, as long as you're balanced and you're fair and you're honest and you're, at, like you said, not a fanboy, not yeah. biased towards one, as long as you present the truth of what you feel and or you see and not some some biased opinion, I, th- I think it's fine. But yeah, some sites take it a little far. I think a lot of it's just for fun, but yeah, I mean, I can see where you're saying it goes a little too far sometimes, and, and we're probably just as at fault as some others, but um, I think it destructoid it. We're a little bit more positive sometimes as far as like the goal to like speak up for what gamers want so that it gets heard, so definitely. Yeah, we kind of try that to too. mirror what the, uh, you know, the populace is, is thinking. <laughs> right. Especially when it comes to EA. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, you know, I gotta say, let me let me just stick up for EA for a second here, and again, find that you know that EA was the first company to ever come out and 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 get music publishing rights for composers. You That's know, they cool. came they came out and they said, you know what, you know, we're not gonna do work for hires like everybody else does. We're EA. We have a responsibility for these people. And if we want to attract people from the movie industry and the TV industry to come in and do scores for our things, because we do, and I think that's a great thing, and, and if they want big-name acts to, to create new music, then they should get paid a royalty, and they should own their own music publishing and things like that. So EA actually started a whole music division, and they started their own music publishing company because that's a great way to put out sound tracks and earn money and do all sorts of things so again ea hey i gotta tell you hats off to ea they are the leaders in a lot of what the other companies wait to see what ea does and then they follow suit you know so i'm, I'm not so much a, an ea hater really because i i know what goes on behind the scenes and and the creative stuff i mean they got i'm not so much i'm not so much of an ea hater myself i'm at I'm I'm more of just well this is kind of ridiculous as this is happening in Madden and Tiger Woods, but I'm a big uh, proponent of uh, Army of Two and and what they're doing with that. Did you get to see that at E3, Tommy? Yeah. I mean that. Yeah, oh, well, that's I, all. I mean that's just funny. plain awesome. And gamers are quick to dismiss it because it's from EA and they haven't seen it and they haven't seen what the game's about really. Well, I gotta and, tell you, you know, Army of Two. It's it's funny because I I mean I probably shouldn't say this because I don't know if it's been announced, but. Uh, well, yeah, you know what? I don't want to get in trouble, but a very good friend of mine has been working on uh, Army of Two for the last uh, three months now, so I get to see the game pretty much every day. So it's and it's it looks incredible, you know. Now, one thing, uh, just speaking of um, you know what you said about EA pioneering and a lot of companies looking to it is this ad technology that they're putting in games, and um, I, I just don't think that that's pro gamer, and it, I think it's fair for all gamers to be you know up in arms. I don't know if you saw absolutely. The, the, yeah, absolutely I absolutely agree with you. Did you see that uh, the comic that um, Penny Arcade did about them? Oh it, no, it's, oh, oh, those guys are great. Oh, it was so funny. It was um, one guy's uh, wife was using his computer, so he was playing Battlefield 2142 when he was seeing Martha Stewart ads. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and it's just it's just weird. I mean, some of the things that they've done are you know we obviously have to give them praise for, but then there's certain things that they're putting out lately you know with well, they're like a large corporation now i mean they have their dark sides and they have their good sides and they can afford to do that i guess you know yeah i just hope it doesn't become a precedent i mean there's absolutely enough. well i mean that's and that's the thing it's it's the responsibility of the gamers out there to you know to to say you know look we have control over all this stuff you know don't buy it if it pisses you off don't 
you know, don't. It's like the people, uh, you know, over in uh, in certain companies, that, uh, countries who are like, screw McDonald's, screw that. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, France, for example, says, oh, we're not getting Americanized. Screw this. We're against McDonald's. Screw McDonald's. Yet they all go to it. So it's like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, don't fucking complain because you're keeping them in business. If you boycotted the place and didn't go, then uh, then they'd have to pull out, you know. Yeah, so, uh, so so we got to be responsible as gamers as well. Yeah, you stand by your cuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, okay, well, I'd like to get into uh, one of my articles this month because it kind of got passed over. I didn't get a lot of you know people paying attention to it, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, the other day I was going through the site. It was actually um, little known facts about different songs and stuff, but like what it was about and how the people came up with it. And I came across this song called Pac-Man Fever. Oh, you didn't know about Pac-Man Fever? No, I did not know about Are Pac you kidding me? How old are you? <laughs> 25, so there you oh, go. Oh, okay, maybe that was why. I don't know. I guess I'm dating myself. You can Pac-Man Fever, Garcia, and Buckner. No, Am I yeah. right? No. Huh? <laughs> That's a trivia question for you right there. Who did Pac-Man Fever? <laughs> there was actually another great one. They did uh, not... Buckner and Garcia, but there was another tune that was done in the late 70s on Space Invaders, and it is the cheesiest disco shit you've ever heard, and it is the greatest thing ever. Is it sort of like our Anna is a bot and the Dota song? Have you seen those songs? No, which There's one? Like no. Techno bass hunter videos. You didn't see that? I posted it. Franz, you didn't see it? No. That's uh, funny. Yeah, there's this guy, this, like, I think he's Swedish or Dutch or some Scandinavian country, and he's got this whole song about Dota <laughs> and, like, how they're owning people. And he's got, like, sound effects of, like, the, the characters within Warcraft 3. It's great. It's, like, supposedly it's really popular. And he did another song called Anna is a Bot about IRC chat <laughs> and being a bot. <laughs> My favorite obs obscure ones, and I actually did a post about uh, these songs. A company called Mindscape um, made a record about Atari songs. So there's a song that's like Missile Command. Oh yeah, it's no, I, I have I have the album. It's a beautiful thing. And and right <laughs> right now because this is an inter interactive show and we're in video games. Here, here you go. Here's a little bit of Space Invaders from the 70s. Check this out, guys. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You sure that's not a porn movie, dude? It sounds <laughs> yeah. like a porno. Watch this. Like video game porn. Check out this. <laughs> so I'm watching that video. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome, right? <laughs> Just playing some Dota. <laughs> that fucking rocks. The Bee Gees. Is it? You gotta stay with the chorus. Is that actually the Bee Gees? No way. Or they just sound like the Bee Gees. Gotta gotta avoid the asteroids. <laughs> My God, that's the greatest thing. I mean that right there. You know what I gotta do? We gotta. I gotta send you guys this MP3, and you gotta put it up on your site. How about that? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, do it. Do it. Do People it. can download it and and listen to Space Invaders' goodness of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I got another trivia question for you here. I just thought of this. The whole Buckner and Garcia thing. Do you guys know 
what the very, and Faith, I think I might have told you, so no given the answer, but do you guys know what the very first video game was? To, to You're breaking up there. Yeah, you broke up. That's not fair. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry. What, am I, can you hear me? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, what was the very first video game to ever have voice in it? Oh, God. Not Pitfall, is it? No, not Pitfall. Is was it there a voice? There was, yeah, there was no voice in Pitfall. What the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> I, bar- I barely remember what I did in high school. Right. No, it, it was it was before. Set us up to bomb. It was before Pitfall. Any anyone anyone out there? Chessmaster? Uh, Lemonade stands? Who knows? We should have game. We should have the callers call in. If this was a live show, we could have a contest right now. Yeah, maybe we should leave that open, and then whoever oh. can answer it. There you go. Let's. I actually have some games I need to give away. Maybe I can give a giveaway. Okay. Well, I got another one. We'll we'll give them two. Actually, you know what? I'll give away a brain age. I have a brain age game sitting at work that I already Sweet. have that Nintendo sent me. So whoever can answer that question, send uh, <laughs> um, whatever. Just answer it in the comment section of the pod toy, and yeah. I'll send you brain age. That's right. The now, first one to get it right. Now, here's the other one. If no one gets that one right, here's the second one. These are all audio-related because I'm the, the composer music guy. Uh, what was the very first video game to ever use a live orchestra? Mm. Oh, God. And it's not one that you would think. It, Halo. You're, you're, no, no, way before Halo. Um, yeah. Was it a Star Wars game? Nope. My guess is like a Final Indiana Fantasy. Jones. Not Final Fantasy, not Indiana Jones. It wasn't a licensed game, so it wasn't like, oh, oh we just used the movie theme in it. It was way before movie licensed games. Earthworm Jim. <laughs> no. Was it one of those games that was like, sort of like movie captured, and you just hit a button, and then the movie did something? Maybe. Missed? No. Was it that date rape game? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Phantasmagoria, maybe? Phantasmagoria? It was, it was a game from the 1980s. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you were oh, it wasn't Dragon's Lair. Or it whatever was Dragon's Lair. <laughs> Correct, sir. Boom. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's right. Dragon's Lair was the very first game to ever have a live orchestra in it because it was a laser disc game and they could do it and they could afford it. And Don Bluth actually told me that himself. I figured it had to be one of those games that was like that. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Crazy. Okay, so uh, moving along, we're already approaching uh, the two-hour mark on this podcast, which I don't have a problem with personally, but some people do, I guess. But um, let's just go ahead and talk about what we're all playing now. And um, I guess, Faith, you can start. Uh, what, are you, what are you playing now? Yeah, well, as I said, I finally got myself an Xbox 360, thank God. And I finally finished which I highly recommend to anybody. Who well, what game was that, Faith? You broke up there a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um. I highly rec- recommend Okami. I finally finished it. Yeah, that's a good one. The butt and porn game. The booty game. Yeah. Yeah. Weird stuff in that game. But so how uh, was the ending? Yeah. Was, was the dog happy? Yeah, the dog. <laughs> happy, yeah. It's neat. No, at the end, it shows you your uh, your stats, and I didn't die once during the entire game. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, well, it... Fate is over. <laughs> it kind of like... It was Zelda in the fact that you have um, her astral pouch, which acts like a fairy. So if you have the astral full and you die, it brings you back to life. And it also works that if you fall down a hole or something, it just takes a couple of hit points off you and then puts you back where you are. So uh, I did not die once in the game. But uh, but well worth it. Definitely like Legend of Zelda. I suggest everyone play it. Um, and, but right now I am playing Dead Rising. And I got to say... 
is a freaking hard game. I did not realize you have to go Save and point. See, are, are bad. I must have done the same mission about three times because Oh, Faith, you gotta forget the missions. Don't even do the missions till you're like way yeah. up in level. Spend like the first what goes on the game leveling up and he goes and then try the missions. Yeah. And Horrible on it. I can't read the. Uh, I'm not gonna. Wow, oh, faith is breaking up bad. Am I? Yeah. Dead um, rising. Dead rising. The tech is unbearable, and I've got a 32-inch TV, and I can't read it. Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. And the only time you can read the text is when it's the subtitle for the person talking. So I mean, that's pointless. It's. You know, I mean, if, if you're, you're supposed to have the text readable when you're not hearing the person talk, when you need to... Read Just buy an HD TV, Faith. What's your problem? Oh, next year. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Franz, what are you playing? Um, I went out to get Saints Row tonight, and they didn't fucking have it, so I... What? Uh, they were sold out, or they just didn't really... Walmart was it. sold out, so Ooh. I happily bought Bully instead, but, um... I've been playing Halo 2 up until tonight, like a ton. But yeah, as soon as this is over, I'm cracking open Bully finally and kissing some boys. So you're <laughs> <laughs> gonna like it a lot. Uh, Nero, what are you playing? I'm playing this weird game called Gonzu. It's spelled, and you want to put this in Google because if you go to Gonzu.com, you're gonna get some Korean or, or, or Chinese thing. Um, it's global. G O O N Z U. And it's kind of like Ragnarok, but the perspective is a little different. It's kind of uh, like an anime spin. And it's it's really simple to use. It's a free game. You just download it off their site. Don't you ever play a normal game? Why do you go <laughs> play these obscure fucking games that no one's ever heard of that have some yeah, weird uh, perspective? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to jump on Gears of War uh, as soon as that's out. Um, but um, I'm I'm really enjoying this one free, and it's free. The the price. So what do you what do you do in the game? Um, it's you know your typical like Ragnarok style game where uh, it's like a top down level it kind of looks like a tactical game if you look at the screenshots but um it's it's your run of the mill stuff you get you know you you walk around the city you can chat with you know all kinds of people you you get quests from this lady when you start so she kind of guides you along and um and it's free and it's free is um, it based online or you download a client yeah you download a client it's based online um there's only one server i don't think a Sounds whole cool. lot of people are playing it and i think it's actually brand new to the us Wait, can you talk to other people is it like an mmo yeah, it's an MMO. Um, oh. you, you can you can chat it. It's 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 really neat. Um, I, I found it through out. a I, I found it through a banner that was running on Newgrounds, um, and I, and it hasn't gotten any press. I think it's you know hasn't been out for very long. And there's a lot of stuff that's kind of weird that hasn't really been translated. Why didn't right. you write up a review for a Detroit on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been playing it for about three days, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's it's pretty neat, and like I said, the price is right. Screenshots look awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. That's cool. What about you, Tommy? Are you are you playing games for review right now? Oh yeah. Time. Absolutely. Oh, it's been going crazy. I I actually have a a, a bit of a list here, but <laughs> uh, Guitar Hero Two is unfreaking believable. I'm gonna spoil it right now for anyone listening. The unlockable song at the end is Freebird. So it's unfreaking. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It is such an awesome game. Um, that That's incredible. Uh, uh, Splinter Cell Double Agent on the 360. I just started getting into that uh, yesterday and have not... Uh, it, it, 
and finding it hard to, to put down. It's it's really mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which I'm not sure is out yet. No, it's not yet. Store. Okay, I've been playing that, uh, the, the final build of that uh, that Activision sent me. That is an incredible game. i got to tell you what, though. Scarface, holy shit. I like that game. It you is know, unbelievable, and I can't believe it's getting bad reviews. Me too. I don't understand. It is the, I mean, I and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm an Al Pacino fan, but I wasn't like huge, huge Scarface freak. Like I'm a Tron freak, but I'm not a Scarface freak. But I played this game, and boy, did they recreate the whole. I mean, I, Scarface fans are going to absolutely flip out. But as far as a fun game and simple game to get Even in the beginning, start, oh, I mean, it's well, once you jump in, it's like fucking chaos. I really love Scarface. I thought it was unbelievable. I'm playing Godfather. The 360 version I thought was was really incredible and an upgrade. Lego Star Wars 2. Hello. Every system it is awesome, especially on the PSP to carry that thing around with you. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Unbelievable. You know what I've been playing? Family Guy. Oh, is actually yeah, I actually started playing that as well. It's a pretty fun game. I mean, it is what it is, and I it's not so, like too. the deepest game ever. But but you know, Family Guy, they really captured the sense of what the you know the whole humor and comedy is all about, and I appreciate that. It was nice to see it kind of being done. And Bully, Bully's another unbelievable uh, experience that uh, that shouldn't be missed. Yeah, so I I I have a sort of similar list to Tommy. Um, because I'm guessing we get probably the same games. But, um, yeah, you know, I was playing Family Guy, and uh, I was actually having a lot of fun with it because I actually find Family Guy funny sometimes. Yeah. And um, and then I was looking at I just was curious to see what other people, other reviewers thought of it, and they kept getting these really bad reviews all over the place. And I was yeah. like, what? I know. But it's depressing. These. I guess it's one of those things where I don't know how much the game is in in real life, but I guess it's one of those things – and I find this every so often because we're reviewers, we get these games for free, so we kind of aren't as harsh with them. But I guess if the game was 50 or $60, maybe I would be a little more more critical of them. And that's something I kind of keep in the back of my head whenever I do reviews is if, you know, if I actually paid $60 for this, is this worth my $60? Um, but so, yeah, I'm playing Family Guy, which I like. I'm playing Bully, which I also like. There's a lot of good games out right now, actually. Um, Splinter Cell Double Agent, everyone who reads Destructoid knows I'm all over. Even with, even with the lag, I still put up with it. It's just that damn good. And um, I'm speaking about the multiplayer. I just got sent Railroads, uh, Sid Meier's Railroads, which I'm actually scared to touch because <laughs> of the Civ series. And I know that whenever I start playing Civ, my whole day, like, vaporizes. So I'm actually looking at the box right now, and it's like pretty much like the devil right there. I don't even want to touch it. Um, so I'm playing that, and um, what else am I playing? Scarface, which, as Tommy said, is is a great game. I was trying to play, um, what's that revolution? Uh, Just Cause. I tried Just to Cause play is pretty cool. You know, it's kind of cool, but it's like really easy and simple, and it was maybe a little too simple. And I I like games to be simple, but that might have been too simple even for me. Um, so I'm playing that, and I'm I'm also in the uh, the Burning Crusade, the the beta test, beta test. So, if you guys I'm had to pick that. what your favorite game of the year was so far, without the stuff that's coming out, you know, in the next month, which is going to be the big Christmas rush, what would you guys say is your favorite game to date so far in 2006? That came out this year. My came game, out this year. My game would be Guitar Hero. 
Well, Star Hero came out last year. Oh, well, I just did. That's okay. Well, I mean, for me, it's Splinter Cell, actually. I mean, it sucks that it's so close to the question you're asking, but um, I haven't played a game this much online since Halo 2, and, and I'm actually an online gamer where I spend most of my time online. I guess I would say, though, as a runner-up, if it wasn't so close, I would have to say Civ 4. Oh, because awesome. I spent so much time with it, and I absolutely loved it so much. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's so. I guess it's between Splinter Cell and Civ Four on that on that end. For me, it was, uh, and I'm yeah, Civ Four is a great game. But for me, it was Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider Legends. I was a big Laura Croft fan going way back, and I just saw the series just dive into the fucking toilet. And when this new game came out, and I played it, on, I played it on the the Xbox and then the 360 version. I highly recommend if somebody's got a 360 mm-hmm. to get that version. It's just so beautiful and the story and the acting and the music. You know, I was and, never even a Tomb Raider fan and I like that game. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. even like those kinds of games personally and I actually kind of really like that too. Yeah, Raider. that was that was my 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 pick of the year so far has been that game. How about you, Faith? Um probably Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to go with Okami because it's the only one that I, you know, I only had one issue with, which was the annoying Animal Crossing speak that gets so high pitched and annoying throughout the game. Right. But otherwise, amazing game. The graphics are just gorgeous on it. I, I love the graphics. I love the fact, and a lot of people are not realizing this. I love the fact that the main character, um, Amy, is a girl. She is not sexualized. <laughs> Any way, shape, or form, because it's a wolf and you can't really do that. And the fact that it's a strong character. Um, uh, you know, I love how creative they get with the brushwork. I mean, it's a unique game for once somebody actually sat back, you know, other than Will Wright, and s- said, let's do something different. I mean, they took the general idea of how great gameplay is through like games like Legend of Zelda, but they added something different, which I like. And as I said, I really like the fact that it's a strong female character that's not sexualized. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like my DOA boobs and all that stuff, but it's nice to have a a character like that. Yeah, that's a great game. That's definitely on my top ten as well. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and revise mine since, uh, you know, Guitar Hero came out in November, apparently. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would be Shadow of the Colossus, which came out in November. Oh, did it come out? Wait. Did it? Uh, it? No, I thought it came out the... No, it came out last year. Because that was almost game of the year for some people. That's right. Yep. All right, well, back back to the drawing board. One more time, guys. Nero's is like We'll we'll get back to it later. Yeah, Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus was... Sorry, Nero, where where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm in Miami, and it came out in in 2006 for Europe. That's what I was thinking. That's what what I was going to say. I said maybe if you're in Europe, you're getting this stuff a little late. Maybe that's it. Yeah, well, no, I just buy shit. It's a problem. <laughs> for Nero this year, when he finally picked it up. What about Franz? Franz, did you get, did you answer? For pretty much everything Faith said, I'd go with Okami too. There, there's, I see no reason not to. Like I love Call of Duty three, and I play that probably more than any or two, and play it more than any other game this year. But Okami's got the full package. It's yeah. the closest thing I could get to Zelda, I guess, this year. So that's why. Yeah. So um, so I guess that's pretty cool. That's a good lineup. Uh, so Nero. Do you want to give any uh, side updates before we start to wrap this thing up? 
First thing I want to do is just thank everybody for you know destroying our site. <laughs> <We've> been, <laughs> every single day. We've yeah, been up yeah. and down so many times. It's you know every time we add a server, it just you know, just fills up immediately. Um, we served I think like six thousand people an hour today, um, which was unprecedented. Yeah, absolutely amazing. We had a couple of stories on the homepage at Dig or whatever, and it was just ridiculous. So. You know, that said, we're obviously going to invest in a couple of more servers to, you know, make the site a little bit faster, and that's going to happen very, very shortly. Um, we also have a ton of new writers. Um, we signed on um, a couple of new people um, last week, um, Alex Ryan being uh, one of them who's blogging under Dyson. And I'm sure you've seen all of uh, Ishan's uh, posts. He's posting like eight times a day now. It's madman. So uh, we're yeah, really I happy. I like edit every check every single one, so I definitely know what you're doing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, some not-so-new people, you know, Grim and Savant have been, you know, a great addition to that site. And I, I love reading them. And um, we actually just received, um, like, three or four applications this week for new writers, and we're always looking for new writers. So if, if there's and people that want to contribute to the site, you know, just send us an email, and, and we'll check you out. We also got Tetso, even though he hasn't actually done any stories yet. <laughs> He posted that, hey, I'm here, and then, you know, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to his stories as well um, yeah. when, he, when he gets around to them. I, I talk to him every day. He's in the process of moving right now, so he doesn't have a lot of time to do his, his posts, and he wants to make sure the first one's really good. So, uh, Nero, we, we ask this just about every podcast now. What, what about Japanator? Uh, Japanator is actually launching next week. Oh, um, cool. Japanator right now, you're, you'll, you'll see a little um, – you know, a little naked guy with you know soap on his nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the site is launching next week. Um, we're we're wrapping up the design this weekend, and um, we have like six or seven writers lined up. So if you're into anime, uh, check out Japanator.com or, or Japanator.com, as some people say. And we're also looking for some talent to to fill up that site. So if you're interested in writing about anime, manga, or anything strange about Japan, uh, let us know. That's cool. And, and and actually, I guess this hasn't been announced yet, but I might as well announce it now. Hell yeah. Um, the, the tech site that I'm going to be doing on the side of Destructoid as well, so I'll be getting even less sleep and, and be working even more hours. Um, since I'm the, the tech editor at Metro, I get a lot of tech stuff that I go and see, and I get emails and PR people attacking me all the time. And so we're going to try to do like an Engadget Gizmodo type thing of Destructoid as well. We just got to finalize that stuff, and hopefully we'll have that for you guys next month. And um, so I'll be looking for writers for that to help me out because I clearly cannot do everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be needing writers for that. So if you are listening to this and you're a big techie kite person that follows the trends, um, cell phones, things like that, and you want to get involved with that, just let us know. Um, any any time frame on elephant or is it still soon oh, well we find it we find about 10 new bugs every day so okay. that's that's what you know we're doing a miyamoto <laughs> we don't want to launch it until it's it's 100 percent um so yeah as soon as as soon as i feel confident that that we can unleash it we definitely will that's cool okay so uh before we wrap up uh this very long episode four which i'm actually fine with length as uh, some girls have told me um, Tommy, you you're you're like the busiest guy in, in video game biz. So you want to tell us what's going on with you and what you got planned coming up, things like that. Yeah, I mean, my the biggest thing that I'm uh, concentrating now is is on uh, video games live. Uh, my world tour, where I'm actually leaving in a couple of days. 
uh, to to go down. Uh, we're playing in South America. For those for those sorry for those who don't know what Video Games Live is, can you just like give a quick synopsis of what it is? Yeah, Video Games Live is all greatest video game music of all time, played by a symphony orchestra and choir, combined with you know completely synchronized video and music. Effects. We have activity with the crowd. Uh, so it's kind of like all of the energy and excitement of a rock concert, with the power and emotion of a symphony orchestra, combined with the cutting edge visuals and interactivity and fun and that games provide. And it's all kind of mixed together to form one big video game celebration. I think we got some That'd be awesome. Um, and so, and so, what are you doing with them right now? Yeah, so we uh, we've been playing all over North America this year. Um, we played in Houston and Philly and Chicago and Indianapolis and Toronto and um, a bunch of you know bunch of places. Uh, but now we're actually taking it uh, to the world. Um, we just played the Hollywood Bowl a couple of weeks ago uh, to a huge over ten thousand people. Now we're going to South America for the first time, first video game concert ever in South America. And what's interesting is the government of Brazil and the Ministry of Culture is actually, you know, helping to bring us down there because they want, you know, it's a great way to introduce a whole new generation of people to the arts and culture uh, of of symphonies and orchestra. And like I said, it's a big combination. Uh, but what's also great about it is that for all the non-gamers who a lot of which come to the show because it's a symphony and that, hey, incredible the game industry is. So so it's really, uh, you know, not only are we ushering in a whole new generation of people to see a symphony, but we're also ushering in new people interest, getting interested in games and realizing how incredible they are. So that's cool. Uh, so we're going Rio de Janeiro and, um, and Sao Paulo. We, we actually even got the biggest company in all of Latin America. They're actually an oil company called Petrobras. They're actually sponsoring the concert as well. So it's nice. it's cool it's cool to see these big major corporations in these different countries understanding how important video games have become to culture and and you know and they've really evolved into our culture. Uh, from there we're going over to London and putting on the very first video game concert ever in the UK and we're at the Hammersmith Apollo which is a very very famous rock venue where acts like The Who and David Bowie and you know Paul McCartney's and all those guys uh, got started. So, um, so how, how you know, can people in those areas uh, get tickets and things like that? Uh, basically, videogameslive.com. Uh, yeah, and we got a, got a map there that people can sign up for and you can see all the tickets and shows. We've already started tickets on sale for, for our shows coming up in January. We're in Phoenix, we're in Edmonton. We're going to Orlando, Florida. We're, uh, we're hitting Vegas and Dallas and Columbus and New Haven and uh, L.A. and Houston. And we're, we're going to be all over uh, the world next year as well. But it's really starting to take off. So it's been a lot of time. Now. And so, and and you still do your your regular shows, right? Yeah, I actually do three shows now. There's Lexon, which is a weekly show, and then there's reviews on the run. 
which is also a weekly review show, or is Judgment Day, as it was called down here in the U.S. Yeah. And then I started a third show for Fox and DirecTV called the Championship Gaming Invitational, uh, which aired, uh, the first shows aired at the beginning of September, um, which is kind of like the Olympics of video games. It's a, it's like arena on G4, except it was it, except it's good. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of uh, a lot of doing a lot of interesting things with that. You're gonna have a ton of fun, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, how do you find the time to do all this stuff? Well, I'm married. Uh, I don't have kids. I'm <laughs> And I work out of my house, so you know I I, I love life and I I don't sleep a lot to be honest with you. I do only three or four hours a day. Um, I love I really love what I do, and every morning I I you know that I go to it's because I'm completely exhausted and I yeah you know. Well, I think it's great that you were on here, Tommy, because I think um and myself included, we all had this sort of um idea of what you kind of were. And uh, it's kind of unfair to you, but I think it, once you get to know you and then talk with you, you start to understand and, and don't have that impression anymore. Like to me, whenever I saw you on Judgment Day, and that's the only way I knew you, like I went to school on Long Island. Do you know about Long Island? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. you know, it goes <laughs> Yeah, so like I always associated you with like a Long Island guy. And, right, like, right. That's how I always associated you and thought of you and, and never – like took the time to like get to know what you were about and stuff like that, and I think that there's a there's a misconception about even you out there um, about what you're about and stuff like that. So it was nice that you were actually able to be here with us and and and, and chat with us and talk with us and, and let people get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, and, and you know, for the people listening in, it's like two thirty in the morning right now in in Miami, and you know he's he's taking the time to you know just chat with you know some Joes. So that's that's really cool. I really appreciate that. Definitely. And it is. It is too bad. I mean, I I wish that you know, that that people just didn't know me from from Judgment G4 and stuff. I mean, G4 has a bad enough reputation as it is, and you know, I I don't want to be associated with that kind of bad reputation anyway. But you know, so there's a lot of things, and we 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 play good cop bad cop on that particular show, and mm-hmm. and. It is, it is too bad. I mean, I, I, I certainly can't fault the people out there like yourselves who only saw me and, and knew me from that. We try to have fun, and some people get the humor, and other people, you know, you know, just think I'm a loudmouth Italian guy, whatever. But you know, and that's, you know, that's hey, that's partly my own fault as well. But uh, you know, that isn't, you know, it isn't who I am and, and what I'm about. But uh, unfortunately, uh, that's the way it's gone down. So. Uh, you know, all I can do is uh, you know try to get uh, try to get the real uh, the real person out there, and uh, uh, you know that's all I, that's all I can ask for at this point. I, I wish it was different, but unfortunately, a lot of people's first impressions came from uh, some show on G4. It's even worse for us sometimes because all people get a sense of us is the way we write, and I think a lot of people misinterpret me sometimes. But if they actually like sat down with me and talked to me about what I'm thinking and what I'm saying, they wouldn't have such a problem with a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, well, I've always said it's so easy to write hate mail from the safety of sitting behind your computer screen or or to comment when you're watching something on TV because you're not standing there looking the person in the face. Right. Oh, I I know who that comment was directed towards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the the 
130, you know, comments of hate mail that I got thanks to Kotaku. <laughs> she she loves you, Florian. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, you've got to remember that you know, if any of these haters or any of these people uh, were to actually meet somebody face to face, any of us face to face, be a whole completely other vibe, and they'd never probably write another bad thing about you. You know, every oh, yeah, exactly. every bad. Every bad piece of press that written me on the internet is always from someone who has never met me in person. And the ones, you know, like the girl like Faith who have actually met me in person or who talked to me like like yourself, you know, those are the people who those are the people who you really care what they think anyway. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, I guess it's uh, you know it is two forty in the morning. We should be wrapping this up. But um, I just want to I want to thank you again, Tommy, for coming on. We really appreciate it, and it, and it means a lot to us, and it means a lot to the, the people listening that you that you came on and took the time just to hang out with us. I mean, you're a super busy guy, and and you're a pretty important voice in the gaming industry, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, you have a you have a place, and 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 it's nice that you're able to come on and talk to us. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you want to be on, you're more than welcome. You'll always have a seat. Love to. And uh, so I want to thank everyone else for for um, taking part, of course, Nero, Faith, and Franz. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed Nero, do you want to say anything before we leave? I just want to thank the 30-plus writers that are working on Destructed right now and making it what it is. Um, and also, you know, give a thanks out to the regulars that, you know, uh, tune in every day and post comments on, on the hour. You know, as soon as I publish something, I see a comment on there. And, I, you know, I, I keep working on the site hard just because of those guys and, and, and just yeah just you know love love our hardcore readers and, and there's a lot of stuff coming on the site and we lose sleep for you guys and i just really appreciate and all the support mu- there's much more we got coming for you guys and, and trust me we're all working to make it a better place for all of you yeah definitely so thank you for listening and um hopefully you'll see us in episode five all right bye guys